hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. Today is Saturday, the 3rd of July, 2021, second half of the year. And the topic is investing and entrepreneurialism. I'm your host, Jeremy. And just before we get into it, I've got a quick announcement of an announcement for uh, my viewers. I know it's been a couple of weeks. I haven't uploaded an episode, uh, but there's good reason for that. Well, we're back with an episode now and I've been working on a special project, which I will be releasing in the next couple of weeks, special Bitcoin Cash project. So to make up for missing some episodes, everyone can look out for that. I don't want to say any more. I want it to be a bit of a surprise, but uh, that will be my apology for missing the episodes. And this week, I also have an amazing guest. I have Mark DeMiesel, who is a investor and a world traveler, a freedom thinker, a content producer, uh, a father. Well, how would you describe yourself? Uh, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Jeremy, thank you so so much for inviting me. Um, I've been following your show from the start and I, I really love it. Um, you really have a great grasp on, on, on um, uh, just, uh, yeah, you really look for uh, approaches from the fundamentals and go over every corner of, of 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 um of the topic of bitcoin cash i love it um so so um yeah uh, i've never introduced my, myself as a father but yeah i've become a father of three children the past two years and I, i'm very very happy with that um that's indeed a a beautiful uh, new change for me uh, and other than that i've been um, investing uh since my uh, mid-20s or so and um i've been trying to make it um Took a while, but uh, by age of 35, I finally made it, so to speak, meaning I was able to make money with my investing and I didn't need to do anything else anymore. But um, yeah, I've been investing in, in Bitcoin. Actually, thanks to that, uh, I started to make real money with investing. Uh, I started investing in 2012 in Bitcoin. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Um, Loving it. Yeah, I just mentioned being a dad because I know on your uh, content recently, I've seen you, you've been talking about, you know, you often are, are talking about oh, the importance of people having babies and population and, you know, you have your kids on the stream as well and how you're sort of, you know, it's a learning process, right? Uh, when you're a kid, but also when you're a parent, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I can't speak to that personally, right? But I think having, a, having kids is a learning process for the parents as much as... Uh, for the kids, right? So I think that's that's just really interesting, really good to see, and and it's a different world, you know, for today for children who grow up now. To them, uh, I I find it amazing. People tell me like, oh, cryptocurrency, you know, they doubt it or something like that. And you say, look, if you are five years old right now, by the time you're fifteen, well, crypto, it's not even a thing. It's not even a question. Is it real or is it not real or is it going to work? Or they don't have any of that preconceived stuff. Like their first transactions are probably going to be cryptocurrency based you know on their on their phone or you have all these kids who have ipads you know when they're like one years old or something to them they're just going to grow up in that economy and so anybody who doesn't believe it or doesn't get it i'm mind blown because they can't see outside their box of that that's what they think because they they did not start in that world but for kids these days that's what it's going to be like 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, but that's indeed very, very hard to imagine when you, you're coming from the old world. Uh, but it's factually true that um, teenagers uh, these days, their first transaction is not a bank transaction, but it is actually a crypto transaction. So, 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 so that's a fact. Yeah, probably. I've I've not seen any research on that, but that's certainly how it is in my environment. Um, well, I'm not now living in Africa. Um, the people that 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 I start to meet here, my girlfriends and their family and and their friends and people I, I employ and um, they don't even use bank accounts uh, because well, that's for rich people. <laughs> they have cash. Uh, if they have anything, it's cash or nothing. Uh, and some people, uh, and that's even how you pay rent also. Um, so, um, yeah, okay, uh, because they meet me. Um, uh, sometimes I help them uh, setting up bank accounts, but um, uh, I much prefer crypto myself. So that's actually what I use with them most of the time. Yeah. So it's not just the case for children. It's also the case for the unbanked. Uh, which is also a very big uh, market. Yeah, and that was the whole that was the whole like split. I know. I think I've seen you talk about it in your content. You got into Bitcoin in two thousand and twelve, right? Mm-hmm. So correct, end of two thousand twelve. Yeah. yeah. So very, very, very early. I mean, for me, it was uh, late. 2013 which now is you know seen as uh super early you know if you tell people but uh compared you know i still feel like kind of uh young sometimes in the in the crypto scene but the the very you know ogs from like 2010 2011 they're just how rare they are is now so apparent i mean back at that time it was like oh you were still the latecomers or whatever but uh, now, in contrast to just, you know, millions and millions more people coming into cryptocurrency just shows how visionary and ahead of the game those people were in that respect, you know? Uh, absolutely true. And, and and what I've also noticed over the years is that um, people also disappear. Eh? So, so many of these people that actually were there in the scene, not so many are left, eh? Uh, maybe they still follow it, but they have taken a step back. But very often they also didn't really, even though they were like participating or investing or or, or, or entrepreneurial in it, for all kind of diverse reasons, they've left the scene, despite the scene really growing uh, a lot. Uh, so, so yeah, that's another factor. Um, uh, staying at it is also not so easy. Huh? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, yeah, like you say, there could be a lot of reasons, I guess. For a lot of them, there was a sort of financial aspect where that would have massively changed their their life circumstances, you know, if they were <laughs> if they were obviously involved in it. I mean, there's a lot of ways things can go wrong with the crypto along the way, uh, definitely. But, you know, some of them, they would have been changed for the better. Some of them maybe for the worse if they had incidents, you know, with losing their stash or like getting scammed in different things or this or that you know and as well just with uh you, you know your friends and, and family and everything i mean i'm sure you know that i i definitely know that that uh at the time you know telling people like oh bitcoin this is going to change the world this that and the other and it was so fringe and even now it's still a bit like iffy this or that uh i mean my mum did actually say the other day that she was interested in getting some uh crypto so Shout out to her. It only took eight and a half years of uh, <laughs> talking about it constantly to get interested, but got there in the end, right? So I think that that to me is just the sign that we, we're over that sort of chasm of 
you know, it being fringe or niche or they're even just, you know, it's going to go massive. It's going to take over everything. And the mainstream media as as well, you, you're still, the the coverage of that is still so lacking and, and probably it always will be. It will just be people will find alternatives like this show or like other you know sources of information and so it is just decentralizing power away from those um media things because they're not going to cover this story really with the attention it deserves until it's completely taken over yeah um uh that's very true uh the the media is a it's a lagging uh, a lagging indicator not a leading one Uh, um uh, history is written uh, silently um uh, and and the outcome um, is only uh, really uh, becomes really visible later uh, for the media, huh? uh, and and it's only the visionaries and the fighters that um, that are uh, yeah um, um, uh, realizing it huh? and also making the money on it huh? because um, uh, like yeah you can be lucky to be part of a revolution or an early investment opportunity. Huh? Uh, and you may see it, uh, but you really need that determination and that strong belief to stick to it also and reap the benefits. Uh, and, and that's that's rare. Um, um, and, and I'm very impressed that you were already discovered crypto um, uh, end 2013, which is indeed very early also. Uh, and that you're uh, yeah still around and still going for it, uh, given also your young age, huh? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. at the time I was yeah. I was about 18 years old, right? And so I I told my uh, parents I had some uh, shares, I had some bank shares that I'd bought in the crisis of 2000, you know, 2009, 2008, uh, that kind of era, right? I was really interested in finance, so I got I wasn't even legally allowed to own these shares, right? But I got it set up with my parents that uh, you know they have these certain accounts where you can hold on behalf of your children, right? So I got them set up, uh, everything you know, all, all that, and I bought these bank shares in the Commonwealth Bank, which is the largest bank in Australia, uh, at I think it was like twenty five dollars. And then by the time of like twenty thirteen, a few years later, because I knew it was the crisis, so I knew this was a good time to buy. And then they they tripled. They were seventy five dollars a share, so I didn't have that much because obviously I was just like a, a kid. I wasn't buying up heaps of these shares, but I I had these shares, and I was just like just barely over the age of eighteen. So I t- found out about Bitcoin, and I was reading about it and everything. And I called up my parents. I was in China, and I said, "Look, mom, dad, I want to. I'm going to sell all of my bank shares. I'm going to buy Bitcoin." And they said, "What is this? You're getting scammed. You're such an idiot." You know, and I was like, no, 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 no. But the thing was, I was just lucky that I had just barely, like, it had become legally, you know, transferred to me, like, just before that. So they couldn't stop me. Uh, and I did. I sold all the bank shares and I bought um, Bitcoin, which at the time, you know, people people now, they talk about, uh, you know, oh, but it's still kind of difficult and it's still hard to get. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, when I first bought it, I had to buy on um, Virwox. So I bought, there's this site where you could exchange your, you had to PayPal in your money and then you had to trade them for Second Life Lindens, which is this video game currency. Uh, And then from there you could buy uh, Bitcoins with the Second Life Lindens. And then at the time the wallet I had, it was multi-bit as well. I don't even know if there were phone wallets back then. I just had a a desktop wallet, but that was at an 18% markup, right? Like people now being worried about it, like 
that's what it that's what it was like and uh and the other coins i bought were in in cash you know in in person like from a guy at a at a restaurant at a burger joint so people yeah i don't know that those early days it was it was good fun actually in hindsight but really uh changes your perspective of uh how the how things are now where people still have doubts oh is it going to get regulated is this going to happen is that going to happen you think now it's so solid compared to what it used to be all right mm-hmm. yeah yeah good points good points uh, and interesting to hear what you i what you did there at age 18 uh wow um that's really admirable uh because uh, yeah i was your age also uh, uh, but I was at that time not ready uh, to, 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 and not so developed at all to, to really um, um, see uh, something like that. And then also act, I, with determination, uh, act on it. Like it took me another 10 years, you know, before I was able to do that. So, yeah, I, I think that's beautiful. I was pretty wild back then. I think I've settled down a little bit, you know, it was a bit too much. It did, it did go, go wrong at a certain point, but it was, it was fun at the time. I don't, I definitely don't regret any of it. Um, all right. So a bit of a long introduction here, but that's fine. Let's, let's get on with the, uh, price updates. I always do, uh, 508 us dollars. It is, it is down, uh, a little bit from, I think the last episode, but it was as low as like 420. One BTC is now 67.9 BCH. So when I was looking at this, I was just thinking, oh, this is kind of funny because when I started the show uh, in January, it was it was a little bit lower than maybe it was like the 450 kind of price range. But I think it was like 90 to one or 95 to one kind of ratio. So there's been a bit of fluctuation up and down, but BCH just slowly chipping away at that lead, even if it's still uh, kind of down in the in the fiat price um i mean obviously you're you're big in the investing so for you like the the i know you're always talking about the price is it a good time to buy or sell and the troll trend line and everything like that how how much do you personally like watch the price are you checking it every day every five minutes do you have alerts on your phone how, how do you manage it um i check it every day and sometimes i skip uh, a day yeah yeah um, like, yeah, I'm also investing in other stuff. Eh? Like my 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 portfolio, uh, it's different. Eh? Like, um, uh, yeah, it's actually. I also have other investments, and and I have a more disciplined approach now, where I can't even invest more. Um, uh, and so, yeah, what's the point in uh, following the price uh, if if she doesn't even allow to invest more? So I do follow it daily, but I would certainly not say hourly. No, no, daily. Let's say. Yeah. Yeah, because I just I find it very interesting to ask everybody on this show. You know, you have some people who are like, say they follow it on their phone constantly, and some people they only check in once every three months, and just everybody has a has a different approach to that. And so then for this week, uh, I have meme of the week, and I'm bringing this forward. Usually I have it towards the end, but this week is the first you know because it's related to the price. So it's this uh, meme format that I really uh, like recently of um what's this guy's name again james what's his name um i can't remember the actor's name but i I, i'm blanking on it but the james franco that's him so james franco and it's this meme of him with the noose around his neck and he always is saying first time and then people use it in this context of like something that you know should be so ridiculous that it, it finishes you off the first time but then somehow i don't know how he's 
getting executed for like the third or the fourth time but it's very appropriate because uh, they've got that uh, meme of him saying first time and the title is me watching everyone panic sell their crypto during the dip after suffering through the last crash in 2017 2018 and that's true it's like the bubble in 2013 or in 2017 2018 2021 every single time there's a crash and there's all these people complaining and oh i lost all my money and elon musk you made me lose money on dogecoin and all this whinging and blah 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 and people are selling out and having a cry about it but <laughs> once you've been in the game a while you're just like there's nothing new it's just it'll still be here tomorrow it's not going away but uh, everybody has to learn that first time for themselves you know uh, absolutely and, and i find that the hardest thing about uh, investing and, and and cryptocurrencies do have that problem uh yeah the volatility uh, really um if you don't have any experience you do exactly the inverse of what you should do uh, it goes up you become like enthusiastic and you want to buy more, you, you become like greedy, and you and 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 then, but that's exactly the wrong time. And then when it goes down, you're like, oh my god, so much losses, oh my god, and 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 it hurts, and you want to sell, huh? and you end up selling if you have no experience. Huh? Uh, so buy high, sell low. Um, and 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 after uh, 15, 20 years of investing, I still have to actively fight that um, tendency. Yeah, yeah, it's a very strong. Exactly. It's a battle. It's a battle mostly in your own mind, uh, investing, uh, really. It's, it's actually, it's very pure in that way, I would say, as something that your, your results, you can't, you can't really blame it on anyone else. You know, it's like a sort of a, a very fair game in the sense that everybody has the internet. Everybody can research any investments they want as, as much as they want. If they spend five minutes, they spend five minutes. So they want to spend five days and just read everything that anyone has ever written or find all the different, you know, communities and the best sources of information. stuff. you can, you can do all that. And especially with crypto now where it's like anybody can buy in any coin or instantly trade to any other coin, really, it, it does come down to your own uh, decisions. And then it sort of wraps into your whole life as well, too, where like people are very worried about volatility. But if you're worried about the volatility, then maybe that means, you know, you've invested too much or you don't understand the big picture, or you know you haven't figured out, uh, you're not confident in your investment, that's why you're rocky about it, whether it's going up or down. Uh, all, all of these factors just, just play into it. So I think there's definitely a lot to learn about life uh, and you know from, uh, from the markets, like they say that uh, markets are just a system to transfer wealth to the patient, right? And I think that's, that's really, really true as well. And that's that's very true. Um, um, yeah, for for crypto, uh, uh, the problem is uh, yeah th that it's so visible the volatility. Like people have no problem investing in real estate and um, seeing it go up a lot and then a couple of years down a lot. Like they will not sell um, at the bottom usually with the real estate. Uh, yeah, they will buy at the top uh, many, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's much less um, fucking over people. I also hear, for example, uh, in Kenya, people invest in land very often. Like that's the first thing they do, and and land, land prices have gone up a lot. But it is the better solution versus uh, banks. Um, 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 and and you don't see people making that big of mistakes uh, as they do with stocks. Uh, with stocks, um, uh, it's very different because it's so. 
Like you get a price feedback every day, and 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 you don't have that with real estate, really. Huh? You get an, uh, you don't get that price feedback uh, often. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and and with crypto is the same as with stocks. Huh? So yeah, it's something new people need to learn. Um, but uh, yeah, there's no other way around it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, real estate is almost in one way it is like the original crypto. I mean, I know people think of gold as the original crypto, right? But in uh, in Australia, they have a saying, people love the housing market. And right now it's going absolutely uh, ballistic. They have this saying, which is something as safe as houses, right? Because they think, well, property, it's always solid. And in some ways it is, because while it can get into a bubble, at the end of the day, you need to live somewhere. So if your house collapses in value, well, you're still living there, so you're still getting some value out of it. And then also your house is probably long term. You get yourself set, especially most people, they get themselves set up, they buy the house in the area they want. They know, you know, there's the local school and their friend lives over here and this, that and the other. And so they can afford to ride out 15 or 20 years and they don't just freak out and they panic sell their house because then they would have to move and they would have to do this. There's a lot more uh, factors running, uh, preventing them making those like hasty decisions whereas with yeah something like stocks well a people don't know about stocks as much either because uh, most people they haven't run a company and they haven't you know filed all the taxes and they haven't employed people and they don't know about the industry that that company is in and they don't know all that stuff so they just buy index uh, funds maybe but with a house people understand a house they understand the value <laughs> like somebody lives there right and they have a roof over their head and so they can they can see what where the value is coming from or if their you know um roof has a leak in it then they think okay well i need to fix this because otherwise the value will be will be going down or if i'm not taking care of the garden or, or whatever right so uh definitely definitely true that housing is very uh very popular and very you know sort of mainstream uh investment and yeah crypto and it's also limited that's the other thing as well there's only a limited amount of okay you can always make more but in terms of having a good location and, and whatever, there's only a limited amount. All right, yeah. go on. I'd like to add one more thing to that because uh, I think it's very important. What I always tell to people um, when I get them started with Bitcoin Cash is like, yeah, they ask, oh, what do you think of this coin, that coin then after a while? Huh? Uh, and how do you know when to buy, sell and, and, and what do you have to look at? And of course, the, the greed and fear takes over once they start following these markets. and. Um, I tell them, you know, you, you just have to like, there are different strategies that you can, of course, try to buy, sell high, uh, buy low again, back in. But that's very difficult to time these things. A much better strategy is to continue to focus on making money with whatever talents you have and uh, hold uh, or hodl, as they say in the cryptocurrency world, your cryptocurrency. But of course, you you do have to look at the fundamentals. Eh? Like the same as you invest in a company. Uh, Peter Lynch is a great uh, uh, investment guru who, who gave great advice to people. Like how should you invest in stocks? Well, you know, you should find growing stocks. Stocks that like companies that go up in revenues. Usually, the stock price will go also up. Eh? And, and 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 you take something also that like makes sense to you nothing fancy eh? you take a, a, a stock of a company of the industry you're in eh? something you understand maybe of the products and services that you use yourself eh? um, and you do have to keep an eye on if it's healthy but as long as, long as it's a healthy company and it's growing well you can just keep that stock eh? uh, it's not rocket science uh, it's as simple as that eh? 
Uh, and it's when you want to try to make rocket science of it that it goes wrong. If you want to buy the latest trend uh, of the f fancy, flashy stocks, uh, no. Uh, that you get on a, a recommendation uh, from from a, a stock pick, no. That That's not smart because um, you don't know if revenues are growing there. Uh, you, you don't know that field of, you don't have field of expertise. You're probably buying a hype also. So, um, and, and it's the same applied to crypto um that people need to do and and that's why yeah bitcoin cash you can like show that eh? like you have to like you can just keep that coin and save your money in that coin as long as the amount of transactions goes up over time the amount of us dollar cents goes up over time the amount of merchants goes up over time um uh, you can see that there is adoption more and more people use that you're good you can just hold it and that's the best advice for most people um um, yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, I think it's definitely interesting when I introduce people to crypto and it's the same. I tell them, oh, Bitcoin Cash, that's my favorite crypto, but they know there's lots. I send them a little bit. They think this is really cool. Now I have the podcast so they can have a listen to that. And, you know, I don't know whether they listen a lot or it varies to different people, but they look into it. And then it's usually like it will be then a couple of weeks later, I'll get they'll ping me again and it'll say like, but what about this coin? And it's always interesting to see what coin has got their attention. Sometimes it's what's going on in Ethereum or what's going on in Cardano or sometimes it's some random one, like 50 or 100 places down. And just this one is, what about this one? And I sort of say, okay, well, I mean, uh, you know, it's a free market. You can buy or sell whatever you want. So definitely try out different coins if, if that's what you want to do. But to me, it's just like, well, it's, it's Bitcoin Cash. And I, I that's why I say like, following it on its rise to global reserve currency. Because if you, once you understand that this is going to be the money that the entire world is going to use, which was kind of more how people were thinking about it too back in the day with Bitcoin, then the returns of that are just so astronomical. If that, you know, when, if that happens, that do you really need to be greedy trying to get the 50, you know, 10% here, there? No, like if you have one BCH today and you just wait, 10 years for it to just sweep over everything then you're not going to be worried about did i get on this hype coin or that pump or, or whatever right and the the mistake i've made and i'm sure a lot of people have made they learn by experience is trying to buy the yeah buy and sell the latest hype one because you think well this this is going to be great but then if you just magnify that another 10x like people are just so greedy it's just part of human nature we always want more right yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the problem is, yeah, it's difficult. Uh, Short-term satisfaction for many people is more important than long-term. Eh? Uh, their needs are, are very high. and um, But uh, but usually you sacrifice the long-term for the short-term. So we all make, uh, I, I yesterday uh, ate too much yet again. Uh, it was to uh, satisfy my short-term satisfaction uh, to feel good uh, via eating. And yeah, I pay for it long-term. I mean, I suffer from that also, um, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert in dieting. Um, but I do have become an expert in investing, and there I've learned to control my emotional impulses to satisfy the short term with all kinds of tricks, actually, um, and, uh, and, and, and rules that I've set for myself to, uh, that I cannot break. And, 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 and I can maybe cheat a little, uh, like, uh, like a good dietist can make me take a scoop, of ice cream uh, extra and he knows he's doing something wrong but he's not going to eat the whole pot 
uh, and that's the same the way I invest. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thing. I, I, well, we've got to kind of move on at some point. But it makes me think of there's a very famous study that they did with these children who were, I think, five years old or something like that with marshmallows. And they put them in a room and they had a plate and a marshmallow. And then they put the marshmallow on the plate and they said, okay, we're going to leave you in here for, it was like two minutes with this marshmallow. And if you don't eat it, when we come back, we'll give you three marshmallows. So obviously the kid then has the choice. They're sitting there, you know, do we, do we eat the marshmallow or not? And even the, like a, a guaranteed three X in two minutes was too much. They just 99% or it wasn't, it was like more than 90% just eat the one marshmallow. And then the ones that did, obviously they get rewarded. And then they tracked those kids uh, over you know the next 15 20 years or whatever and the ones who had the control not to eat the marshmallow just did way better in every aspect of life because they could uh, think in the long term you know so that that's really what it comes down to time is the great equalizer all right so the other thing I always check in on as well is the transactions and usually I have it zoomed to about this last year here but this one I, I thought this week it might be good to take a look at the overall um, Thing because one thing really interesting you can see we had this huge uh, growth uh, which I've been following for most of the podcast a lot of it due to uh, noise.cash and we'll talk about that and then they started batching transactions on noise.cash so it has uh, jumped off but it's still been a, a big uh, gain in terms of it was just so tiny here and now it's up high, higher than at any other you know consistent point really so I think that is legitimate growth and the other thing I wanted to show by doing this uh, greater zoom is obviously Bitcoin has got stuck and has not been growing in transactions and especially even recently in this last um, six months it's declining it has gone from 350,000 and now it's down to you know 200 220 230 ish thousand transactions that's going to be relevant in the next uh, slides that we're going to see as well too but uh, I'm just interested in your thoughts, you know, I guess obviously you're very involved with nose.cash and read.cash and that spurred a lot of these transactions, but do you, do you attribute it all to that or do you think there's been other substantial growth in the ecosystem? Uh, how, how do you follow this? Well, US dollar cent is also up a lot and it's not uh, symmetrical with the amount of transactions. It started already six months ago, or a, no, a year ago. Uh, that has started rising a lot. So that's not correlated to noise.cash. And so that's another thing that's happening. I can't really clarify it well. Maybe it's with uh, with uh, shuffling. US dollar cent also goes up due to shuffling eh? or, or mixing fusion, of coins. Yeah. That, so, so maybe cash fusion causes that, but there, there must be something else also going on. Uh, and actually, it started after the 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 the, the, the uh, Bitcoin ABC forked off and failed in the coup. Uh, that, so I think that there is some other usage also uh, on BCH that is um, expanding. Um, yeah, but uh, but I do think like like um, uh, yeah, BCH. Um, like really needs to change strategy like the the merchant the, the brick and mortar merchant adoption i mean of course better something than nothing but all the energy that goes by B, to uh, especially of roger ver uh, uh, and some people also use a strategy of really focusing on on brick and mortar adoption i think that should really that uh, if that energy gets flipped uh, to, to, to other kind of adoption, uh, I think we're going to make a much faster headway. Uh, I think that, that that's not that's not been the right strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think 
it's definitely interesting because I feel on one hand doing that kind of getting physical adoption that if you can sustain it, it is it is like so powerful. And the reason is because it uh, it clicks for people who are not into crypto. So I think of uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, London and I went uh, out and I had a drink with a guy that I work with. And he, you know, he just knows I'm into crypto or whatever, a little bit casually. And we went to this wine bar and it was the one place that accepts BCH. So that's why I took took it there. And so then we just went and I just got my drink. I just, you know, scanned, sent it, bang, it took two seconds. And like, there's no, you know, I mean, he was like, kind of like, cool. He even made a joke like, oh, I feel like I'm so in the past and everything like that. But for it's funny because I know other people as well who will say, oh, crypto, it's not a thing or it's not real. But you're like, look, I walked up, I paid, I got my food, I ate it. What is not real about that? You know, that's as real as it can as it can get. So that is very powerful. And the other thing about it is that it's the hardest it's like setting, it's like crypto on the hardest difficulty. Because if you have your other scam coin and you're hyped, ex excited about that, are you going to convince a local merchant to accept it? No, you're just not. Like none of those physical retailers, they care about obviously something that has adoption, but something that they can actually understand the whole concept and whatever, where you can hype up coins online, get a lot of people involved. So in that way, it's hard going, slogging through the physical merchants. But on the other hand, it, it does pay a very big uh, dividend, but you have to have a very long time horizon to understand that. So I do actually agree with you that I think uh, maybe the community could focus a little bit more on different adoption methods. And this project that I've been working on, that's kind of in that vein. I don't want to go too much into that. Uh, you'll, you'll see that soon. But it's more the idea, I think, that commerce arises naturally between people. So really what we should be trying to do is getting the idea of cryptocurrency to as many people as possible, because it's not so much about going to a business and trying to give them a business case for why they should accept crypto so much as if the owner of the shop, if they think crypto is the future, I love crypto, of course, they're going to put it in their shop. There's just a no brainer. So instead of making a business case to them, you need to make a personal case to them that crypto is the future and it's taking over and whatever, or, you know, people get involved for all kinds of different reasons, like unrelated to their business. Like they philosophically, they believe in it or they see that all their friends are getting into it or they want to buy something on the Silk Road or they want to, you know, they have a, their kid gets interested in Dogecoin or something and they think, oh, wait, this, I got to see, know what that's about, right? So I think it's more about, because if you had 50% of the population, that already had the idea of crypto, then the physical, it would just be an afterthought. It would just happen naturally because somebody would say, can I pay in crypto? And the other guy would say, yeah, of course, right? And when I was recently, I went to some of these meetups as well, that really drove it home for me because we're standing in the park. There was about like 25, 30 people there. And of them, there was like the mind blown when I got out my wallet and I sent someone to somebody. They'd never seen this. There's 30 people that have invested in crypto, They've bought some, they're interested enough to go in the park and hang out and talk all about crypto and they have their favorite coins, everything like that. But they still didn't get the idea of like, but but this is just my, if I want to buy a sandwich off you, you give me the sandwich, I give you crypto like that, right? And so uh, that was kind of where I could see that the, the, uh, the spreading adoption in that environment is easy because they all already know the idea. They just haven't seen it happen in practice. So that's, I don't know, that's my philosophy on adoption.
Yeah, 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 yeah. I fully agree. I mean, it's certainly better than nothing. And 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 uh, and actually, Roger Ver has has added so much value. But uh, via other ways, by spreading the word of 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 the evils of 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 government and how uh, cryptocurrency is a real solution. If you don't want to sponsor government uh, uh, and you want to like have privacy and want to own your own currency. Um, uh, and you don't want to see it inflated, and like he's been spreading it as a as a freedom uh, instrument as the best uh, by far. So so and 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 so he has added tremendous value there. Um, but yeah, um, uh, I want to say something about this. Um, I forgot it. I forgot <laughs> okay. It. But, but, All right. But but I I think like with Bitcoin Cash. Um, we really need to see a lot more growth to be support its value in the market already. It's 10 billion. That's nothing compared to certain coins, but it's a lot compared to like the real world. Huh? Like something that's worth 10 billion, uh, that's lots of money. Like And Bitcoin Cash does not deserve that valuation based on the amount of how much it's being used. Huh? Uh, and, and so like we too, uh, even though we're valued low and, and losing ranking and it's difficult price-wise, we're also overvalued um, if you look at our actual usage. So, so I think that should really go up. And 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 and, and Bitcoin uh, at the time saw a breakthrough in usage thanks to new applications, eh? like um, trying to 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 convince merchants to pay for a beer or food. Is uh, it would be the same like with the invention of the internet, uh, trying to convince someone to sell. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, their car on eBay. Um, well, uh, uh, if the internet is new, you 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 already have a channel where you sell your car. There's very good car magazines where you can sell your car. Why why would you put it on a website that nobody uses uh, 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 and they are scattered all around the world? Uh, it makes no sense to do that. Uh, and so it's very hard to do that to attract people to sell their car at the time on 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 the internet or eBay. Like, yeah, some people will give it a try, but nine in ten or ninety nine in 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 hundred will discover like actually this is not working very well, and I'm gonna stop selling my car on that website because the the, the old world does that job a lot better. Huh? However, uh, at the time trying to convince someone like, hey, maybe you can sell your rare art that you can't sell in in your neighborhood and in your car magazine that, that that you don't have any buyers for but you know it has value maybe you can try to sell that on ebay huh? and then you have a worldwide audience and maybe someone in the world wants to give some money for it uh, and you have an auction system also like yeah okay that's a no-brainer because that's a real solution for the person huh? uh, that that uh, immediately a better solution than the old world huh? And, and, and you can't say that. Pay, paying with Bitcoin cash for your beer is not a better solution than the old world. Actually, it takes more time uh, to swap these phones with each other eh? and, and to pop up a wallet. Like, cash is faster. Huh? Uh, uh, so, so it's not su even superior. Eh? So, so that's why... Uh, uh, and, and, and so many other problems. Like, e even if you believe in freedom and you really want to use it, you want to make an effort... Well, the other 10 guys that live in your city that agree with you and have also bought Bitcoin Cash, well, only two of them will actually be spending it. And the other eight will say, no, why should I spend my Bitcoin Cash? I want to keep that for the future. Huh? Uh, so, like, there are just way too few customers to keep that going. And after a while, all these places drop it. Uh, that's the pattern. Huh? Uh, 
Uh, and there are only some exceptions to it, and there are online shops uh, uh, that have a, a global, uh, a big reach. Huh? Some of them keep it on, and 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 and, and, and I, I do see a future there. Uh, but yeah, you have to be smart. Eh? Winning the market is a big fight, eh? and 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 for me. So, so I don't do that. I don't try to convince establishments to, 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 to accept Bitcoin Cash. And I don't try to pay them with Bitcoin Cash. But I do tip everyone with Bitcoin Cash flowers because we know energy. Uh, and I say, follow the instructions to claim it. And you can save it or you can sell it. Uh, it's, it's, it's no, it's no, uh, I don't have to put energy in. I do introduce many uh, people to, to, to Bitcoin Cash. But, um, but I think indeed that, that in order for us to win... Uh, in this very competitive market, we need to think of like where does where does crypto offer a solution that the old world does not? What do we do better? And that's what where we need to focus on uh, uh, to get adoption to find adoption eh? uh, because we're all in like we all investors eh? uh, and and so uh, noise.cash has proven thanks to Simon uh, 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 Cash and then noise.cash he has proven to to do something that's that's very it's unique to 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 crypto. Huh? Uh, you can't really do that with the old world. And so he he he, he has created um, uh, um, uh, um, or we because indeed I've been financing this. Uh, that that that's that's I think it's similar to to um, uh, when Silk Road at the time uh, was launched uh, on Bitcoin BTC at the time. That was the first use case, and you did see uh, the amount of transactions go up, uh, and even more so later than with um, the Satoshi Dai's gambling side, actually it's more comparable to that because Satoshi Dai's also created lots of transactions, low value transactions on chain that exploded the amount of transactions. Huh? Uh, and it was also just like today, Cash was accused of spamming uh, the blockchain or having being fake transactions, but it's not. Eh? It's like there is real... Um, uh, 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 okay, it's microtransactions cause lots of transactions for the economic value behind it. That's true, but there is an economic purpose here. It's not spamming the blockchain the way that, for example, BSV does with spamming weather data on the blockchain. Yeah, okay, okay. You can, if you push data into the blockchain, you can uh, also create lots of transactions. But is that real economic? Uh, does it real economic have a value? That that's not so sure. So. So I think that BCH was lucky uh, to have someone like, like Simon uh, 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 and also me sponsoring it, uh, realizing this. And it re I, I believe it is indeed something that really has, it, for me, it's clear that it's attracting new users to Bitcoin Cash huh? and a totally new segment. Um, it's not the, 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 the white uh, from the West, um, um, younger uh, people that's reading up and that's looking for some innovations that that's that's joining via noise as guys. No, it's the poor, uh, uh, older mothers uh, from poor poor countries that are joining. Like it's a totally other uh, segment. It's it's really developing countries that uh, uh, that are being targeted uh, with noise cash and, and, and so people that have very, no knowledge about crypto uh, getting introduced to, but they are looking just for ways to earn money online end up finding noise.cash and read.cash and try to make money there. And, and that's basically their first crypto that they're earning. Uh, and, and, and they start to learn that oh, if they want to really make money, they're going to have to like, yeah, uh, offer value to other people by writing articles and, and, and posting interesting uh, posts. 
and uh, and they really educate themselves and learn and become new users. So 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 yeah, I think that that's great that we have that uh, with Bitcoin Cash, new adoption, real adoption. Huh? Uh, but I really hope that that there are more other different kind of um, businesses or, or approaches, uh, projects uh, being launched on Bitcoin Cash that 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 yeah um, create lots of um, adoption uh, because we really need. Yeah, that. I think it's absolutely true that when I was looking at the uh, when I was sort of out of the Bitcoin space from 2018 ish to like 2019. And then uh, when what sort of convinced me to sort of come back and start pouring more effort back into it was when I was looking at the BCH uh, economy and, um, you know, Amori, he left, he forked off uh, BCHA and I thought that was a massively bullish sign because uh, he's got his, you know, catchphrase that he was the benevolent dictator of BCH. I thought, well, this is the opposite of what you want in a crypto. You don't want a benevolent dictator in your crypto. That defeats the whole point. But then also when I was looking into it and I look, I, I saw a noise.cash, I thought, well, this is pretty cool. And then I looked at read.cash and you're right. There was in the Philippines, there was so many uh, users who were completely, you know, disconnected from all this gambling online or they don't care about any of that. They were just getting passionate about it. They were writing articles and they were, you know, going out and handing out flyers and doing these kind of things that are completely the opposite to people just, yeah, who just are trying to get rich or trying to speculate on Dogecoin or, or whatever. It wasn't actually about that. It was about they understood the actual uh, premise. And I think that kind of thing flies very low under the radar of a lot of people because all the people who are in you know, in London or in America or whatever, they don't see those things happening in the world. They don't, you know, because there's not those places, they're not as connected into these social networks and stuff. So they're not broadcasting it as widely or they're not the top celebrities or influencers on Instagram or it's not happening in the English language. So people who only read English language sites, they don't see that. Uh, and But I can see that happening in, in Bitcoin Cash. We've seen recently... Uh, Bitcoin Cash Nigeria, there's some people in Nigeria doing that. And it's amazing. They've got the shirts and they're going out and they're educating people. And, you know, you only see little snippets of it because they're not doing a grand PR job about it. They're just getting getting on with the job, you know, and uh, that that you also don't see that in the market cap overnight because that small amount of people is outruled by everybody gambling and putting their money into whatever is hyped up at the moment. But in the that creates a very resilient uh, community that it will just suddenly come out of nowhere. That's the thing. So these things they tick away an exponential, and it just comes along. And then as it starts to hit a critical mass, it's going to catch uh, so many people by surprise. Uh, I really think that. Um, and yeah, we can see that in this sort of here the cent uh, USD, like you were you were referencing to. So we started to see the transactions going up but also the uh, cent in USD and it did, it got past Bitcoin just for one day or two days, but it did, mm -hmm. uh, it did get over it. And then Bitcoin's been having some fluctuations, but BCH it's doing like, you know, it's like one third, uh, even on a bad, a bad day like today, it's still like, you know, one third or one quarter of, of Bitcoin. And like we saw the price is 70 to one. But the actual amount of <laughs> economy going on is crazy. It's crazy relative to every other uh, coin, you know. So I think this is just you can you can see it slowly starting to happen. Uh, I think one step at a time. So, so, 
has there been any analysis like where is that coming from the, is that like a real economic activity or is that could that be someone faking it i don't i don't know actually it's uh, it's hard to know you know uh definitely i talked about uh, i think it was on the last episode uh simon you know he sent me some uh, details about he'd found these sort of big transactions of some you know big whales uh moving things about so he sort of had some theory about, but even them, even once you factored out them and once you factored out noise.cash and read.cash, there was still a lot that he couldn't explain. And so, I mean, it really is, I think I'm sort of convinced that I'm sure there is some of it that's a bit of spam or whatever. You can also see like on sideshift.ai, if you go and look at people swapping from one coin to another coin, they will do it more with BCH because it's cheap. Uh, you know, as opposed to another coin where that's expensive. So if they want to trade from one coin to another coin or, you know, mix the coins around or anything like that, well, the BCH is a pretty good option because it's got very high liquidity for the very low fees that it has. And then, you know, and I'm just, I'm trading them a little bit. I get donations on this podcast, for instance, like that's real economic uh, value. And I just think I can just see so many little uh, green shoots, you know, starting to arise for BCH when none of them is this huge all conquering like use case or anything but there's just so many that are just sort of slowly slowly building momentum and and once somebody comes into the ecosystem it's that much easier for them to plug into something with uh, real economic value whereas the uh, analysis that I've seen of BTC it was like something like a ridiculous amount like 80% of transactions or something were to exchanges to or from exchanges not between people within the economy, you know, which is very easy to to believe now that everybody's not got their on phone, you know, wallets. It's all on Coinbase or on Binance or whatever, and so these, you know, the exchanges probably have to settle up amongst themselves. But it's not that sort of peer to peer aspect has been lost a lot uh, in the BDC community, I think. Yeah, but I seem I was wrong because I thought the US dollar cent went up uh, already uh, um, a year ago, but that's not the case from your chart. It's also when the amount of transactions start to go up, also US dollar cent uh, start to go up. So there is a it's it's the same time period, but it's yeah. I've also yeah Simon has indeed been also investigating like. Because it's not noise.cash, so so that's something else indeed. Yeah, yeah but I, I think it is true, and that's another thing I, I totally agree with you. I've said before on the show that people don't understand. They say, oh, okay, this is just one cent or two cent. But that's more that's like more bullish than if people were sending $100, $2, because that's not a use case you can support anywhere else. And because people start like with Satoshi Dice, exactly like you said, you know, People can dismiss people are experts at finding ways to dismiss things <laughs> that they don't understand. But when you just see just those the smallest little prick in the dam wall, you know, then gets bigger and bigger as more water forces its way through, and then that over time until eventually the whole thing, you know, breaks apart. Like people don't have the vision to see those small pinpricks, or they dismiss them, or they say they'll get you know plugged up, but that, that's not what happens. So. Uh, yeah, I think the the noise.cash has been absolutely amazing. Read.cash as well. And uh, all, but there's definitely, there's just, it's a good thing. Somebody said as well on this podcast that uh, at some point BCH is going to start taking off. And the reason we'll know that it is, is because nobody will be able to explain why. Because there will be so many different use cases happening or just something that unexpected, like in 
Mongolia, everybody just started trading BCH for some random reason or something like that. Uh, and I do agree with that as well, mm -hmm. uh, too. So, yeah, we, it's it's been looking okay at the moment. Uh, I very say. good. Look very All right. So this week we had uh, one of the big news here was this China who every six months they ban uh crypto again uh they they banned it again but this time they were serious or at least serious enough to mess around with the hash rate um so they have uh they have told all the mining farms to shut down and the hash rate dropped from 178 terahashes a second to about 90 uh, difficulty reset yesterday and this is on one hand it's a good thing for the whole crypto ecosystem because it's uh, going to spread the mining out where a lot of it was in china it is going to uh, spread it out but i thought this was particularly noticeable because it is this kind of shades of of the flippening where we've seen again it's like the cracks in the dam you you see it here where the hash rate dropped which again is not the end of the world uh, necessarily but at the same time, even though we saw the transactions for BTC were on the decline, if I have it on the next slide, the fees are going up. So you can just see if there was a confluence of these factors, if the Bitcoin hash rate dropped because a government banned it or because there was some issue or something, then the transactions are decreasing. So there's less economic activity and yet the fees are still going up. And they're still, so there's going to be hit a critical point where all of that coincides with the price of Bitcoin crashing. And at that time, BCH will just be able to suck hash rate out and put them into a, a constant, uh, you know, spiral, which they won't be able to, to get out of. So even though it hasn't happened here and it didn't happen, you know, a couple months ago when there was sort of a similar occasion, these, these, you can see, you can see the signs of it uh, happening. So really, I just think it's a matter of, of just, when when it all kind of comes together it might be next week it might be in five years i don't know but the, the bitcoin community are not doing anything to you know protect against this they're not worried about their difficulty adjustment algorithm or and they're just completely oblivious and so uh, you know I, I i'm very encouraged by this uh, kind of news as well too but but we are for for me like it's basic economics. Uh, other miners will, if the hash rate goes down, but the price not, uh, that means there is more money to be made uh, by other miners, and so they will expand their operations, um, and so the hash rate will go back up uh, somewhere else. Uh, so um, I, I think that's that's I've never believed that that hash rate leads anything. Uh, it follows price uh, and. Um, and 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 uh, that's that's it. Um, so so, uh, but but what I what, what comes up for me when I see this is, like, I have pity for for all these businesses and for the country. Like, I, it's unbelievable how governments can just destroy businesses and just chase them out of the country, for for no reason whatsoever. Eh? Like it, it, just, it makes no sense here because like they actually had an advantage, the Chinese government. Uh, by having those miners there, they have more power over the Bitcoin community. They kick them out. Like it's just irresponsible, stupid behavior, destroying businesses in the process uh, and destroying the country thereby. Huh? Uh, and 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 I want to mention, uh, like I've been thinking about like how, how can BCH find more adoption 
Um, but I, I, I think that indeed the, the message of freedom that, that Roger Ver spread so well uh, is indeed something crucial that also motivates me. Like, um, I, I want to use as much as possible crypto and Bitcoin Cash, um, basically because I really um, uh, am disgusted by the by the destruction that all these governments, these fiat governments, cause. Eh? Like, like all these, uh, uh, like. Uh, uh, all that terrorism bullshit over the past 20 years where you discover that they actually themselves have done false flag attacks and killed uh, the terrorist attacks on their own population. Like that's pure crime. Uh, and, and why do they do that? If you start to think about it, it's because they, 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 that allows them when they create fear, then they can um, uh, control uh, the country a lot better. Um, they can look as the savior. They can like take away rights easily. Uh, from from citizens, uh, and that means they become more powerful. And uh, also, they can print fiat money when they create a crisis. Eh? And and um, and so basically, the way they are funded, uh, uh, the fiat system really causes governments to be very destructive. Eh? Uh, and so, indeed, uh, separating uh, money from the state is very important. Uh, because the state is way too destructive. And I think, uh, uh, like, uh, I was watching the recent interview of Roger Ver, and, and he said, like, actually, this corona crisis and, and these lockdowns, the damage they did is comparable only to a world, the world, world wars at the time. Like, uh, destroying so many businesses um, and seeing, like, vital statistics like um, suicide rates, crime rates, uh, go up, uh, also even uh, 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 like longevity going down, uh, like uh, in in the older classes, uh, uh, this virus has just caused the damage, uh, uh, and um, in for the older people, but uh, but it's especially the government, um, yeah, so, so destructive, and and people like yeah, we, we see like ninety percent of people are sheep, but this must have woken up some sheep. Uh, uh, because it's so clearly visible now how destructive governments all around the world in their own community, in their own village uh, can be uh, by doing stupid shit huh? uh, that, uh, that uh, like this message of, hey, you know, you know why they do that? Actually, it's because they actually can print money and, 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 and most of that goes into their pockets and to their friends' pockets. Huh? Like very little of that print money goes to you. And that's why they create this fear. That's why they make from a, a mice an elephant. Uh, and so, uh, like, if you want to avoid that for the future in the long term, it's very important that these governments don't uh, have uh, the money, don't control the money system. Uh, and the only way for to do that is to embrace competing currencies, private currencies, such as cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin Cash. Like, that's the only way, basically, to get a better world in the long term. Uh, where you have more freedom uh, and less uh, suppression. So I, I, I think that's that's really what comes up for me when I see yet another government doing stupid shit. Like, I think there's an opportunity, a big opportunity actually for Bitcoin Cash, uh, because most of the crypto world is starting to ignore that message of freedom uh, and just focusing on the on the techno technological innovations like the Ethereum community does so well. Uh. Uh, talking about um, it's like a Silicon Valley, a very Silicon Valley approach of just looking at the economic benefit that's made. But um, uh, 
but actually, that that's also like, and it used to be that Bitcoin BTC was spreading this message of voluntarism eh, and anti-government sentiment. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, that actually there's very little competition. Bitcoin Cash is really the leader there in spreading that message, and 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 often the best strategy is to become better at what you're at where you're already a leader in. Eh? And, and actually considering the climate, um, we might have actually a big opportunity that we're not uh, exploiting enough yet. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think it's diff- I've heard people, I've seen them sort of comment on the Bitcoin, BTC and BCH split. This is, I, I, it's kind of uh, accurate, but it's, it is sort of missing the point, but it's nevertheless accurate where they get the impression from looking into it that the BTC side is the more sort of technological side because they had SegWit and they had all these arguments about the devs know what to do and all this stuff. And then the BCH side is more like the economics side, you know, they're more interested in cash, they're interested in the flow of money and everything. Of course, this all completely ignores that. (laughs) Originally, you know, it's both and all that tech stuff is just a distraction. But really, what it comes down to is that I agree with you that with the lockdowns and everything like that and and talking to people at these meetups, again, it was uh, incredible to see, you know, people people understand, they get it, they're starting to wake up and the whole social media and everything like that, people can see, okay, the mainstream media is so manipulated and so controlled as to what's allowed or whatever. So everybody migrated onto YouTube and onto alternative platforms. And now those things are starting to get uh, manipulated and controlled and, you know, and so, and then people, so people are getting the idea, wait, what, how are we constantly in this cycle, you know, and now cryptocurrency is the fresh little bloom of freedom and innovation. So people are going to, shift towards that and they can already they know it's a joke that the poll and yeah with coronavirus you know how many politicians have been caught breaking their own lockdown rules right there's just recently um matt hancock who was the uk uh health minister or whatever i don't even know what his title was but he was spending the whole time telling everyone okay you've got to protect yourself from the virus and stay locked down and so and now it's turned out there's all these photos have come out of him uh, having an affair with his secretary, which was in breach of his own rule. He didn't even apologize really for cheating on his wife. He just apologized because everybody was outraged. Look, you said we couldn't be within, you know, social distancing and all that, but here you are in your office in the government building, you know, making out with your secretary. Like, and just, it's the most ridiculous thing, but people are getting the message. Like, you just cannot ignore the flood of evidence that this is all manipulated like bullshit and that you need to, you know, think for yourself. Like, it's not really trusting the government. It's not, they're not the solution to anything. And I mean, I've, you know, felt that or understood that for, a, you know, since I was a kid and maybe you have too, right? But a lot of people, they don't, they don't, they just don't have that natural instinct and they have to see it play out. That's the cycle of history over and over, right? So I think I think coronavirus, yeah, this, obviously it was terrible. Uh, I had a pretty horrible time with it. Everybody did. But the silver lining is that it has definitely accelerated, I think, uh, the the pointy end of the of wedge of people who are driving towards freedom. And it's one of those scenarios where, like, you need 10% to hit a critical mass. If you have 10%, the other 90% will follow. And I think the pandemic... You know, it maybe moved that one percent or two percent up to like six or seven percent. So it was a huge uh, jump in in that respect. And I think 
we'll see the results of that over the next uh, couple of years, uh, definitely. So, and, yeah. and it, go yes, on. Yes, yes. Uh, can I add Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. No rush. Well, uh, you mentioned the price of $500 there at the beginning mm. of the slides. And and I think, um, yeah, there is doubt in the cryptocurrency market. Now we went to a 2.5 uh, trillion. Uh, and we, it looked like we were in a bubble, uh, but then suddenly it goes down again. And we're at 1.4 trillion. Many people doubt eh, whether we saw, uh, is was that it? Are we, are we going back into a bear market or is the bubble not finished? Eh? And, and um and I think uh, the work of Colin calls crypto is very good there, where he analyzes BTC, uh, sadly, only BTC, but uh, uh, follows many indicators there and, and, and shows that yeah, it's very unlikely that we reach the peak uh, of the bubble. If you look at previous bubbles, how high they can go uh, from different uh, st standpoints. But also um, uh, what I would like to add to that is that what you just mentioned is that crisis uh, causes um, an acceleration in innovation, uh, also Cathy Wood explains that very well, where new technologies are adopted faster. Huh? And, and especially like a crisis like this, where uh, that's so focused on um, on uh, basically a digital, uh, because uh, stay at home, um, uh, of course, causes lots of digital uh, uh, innovations to accelerate faster. And, um, and crypto is, of course, part uh, of that. Eh? Uh, that's a much better uh, money solution, uh, digital money solution than, than the banking world. Uh, and, um, and, and so I think that's another extra argument to say that like, it's unlikely that this crypto bubble uh, will stop earlier than the other ones. Eh? Uh, given that we just got a, a major crisis, and we're still in it for many people, that have probably, I likely, um, um, attracted many more people towards um, cryptocurrencies. Huh? Uh, and so, so that's just another argument in favor of this is likely just a, a temporary, uh, uh, just a correction in, in, in a, an ongoing uh, bull market that's not finished yet. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I love uh, the Colin Talks crypto. He's got his bull run index. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show as well. People can check that out. That's really good. I'm I'm on the opposite side of this argument though. Uh, in this in this case, obviously, I'm horrendously bullish on crypto in the long term. But in this case, I think we are we are in a bear market. And my reasoning is that um, when you look at all of the previous bubbles, like it's it's a mistake to always think that the future is like the past, right? And obviously, the past has the best indicators. But the the point is like that you will have a cycle and kind of until you don't. It's a bit of a truism, but. Uh, in the previous cycles, it was always about crypto was gaining adoption because its chances of becoming like the global reserve currency, particularly Bitcoin, were higher every single time. And so while like the 2012 and 2013 bubble, that was when everybody was getting in on the Silk Road and then on in China. And then in 2017, like uh, then there was all the news about uh, Overstock and about Steam and all these companies were accepting it. And that built up more momentum. And then in 2017, 2018, it was like, well, after BCH forked off, then that was kind of like, well, they're gone, right? So then it was like, oh, now we're free to achieve our vision. And so it was based on this um, premise that it was going to be a globally adopted system for payments. And then this most recent bubble, it was this time it was different because this time it was about the store of gold and 
you know, in store of value and like gold and all it was institutional money, you know, different banks buying in and stuff like that. And I think all those banks, they did buy in and they got a bit involved, but then they realized, wait, this is not, they figured it out. And so the hype kind of died out, but there's not going to be consumer payments. Every previous bubble, the hype in the community would be built on, you could see it happening in the world around you because crypto was going off and it would be in the news headlines and somebody like at my you know, university class would ask me, hey, have you heard about this crypto thing? And then I t you know, you would see those indicators. But this time around with 2021, you see the big bubble. Bitcoin is at all time highs. And in London, there were these ads uh, by Luno. I've talked about them on the show, which was saying Luno, you know, the app to buy Bitcoin. And those apps were everywhere. And I could see all these instances in the underground on the train station. There's a huge ad there for Bitcoin, which was crazy. You would have never thought of that five years ago. But there's like three people sitting there ignoring this ad. I mean, people ignore ads anyway. But they, why? Because it's not impacting their life. They they do not trade in crypto amongst themselves. They don't need to. They're still just using their regular payments and it's fine. Crypto is in a bubble. People are interested. But it's it did not get that real groundswell. So I felt like this, this bubble was going to be different and everybody was making a mistake using the previous indicators to... Uh, analyze this one and I, that's where I disagreed with uh, Colin. So then we've now seen that bit of a crash off and there's a bit of a theory that he has that there'll be a double top like 2012 and 2013. But I don't see that because in 2012 it was the, the Silk Road was a unique event uh, there and then also the China run up again uh, spreading to a new country and everything like that. I don't see that happening. To me, what we've got, we've got to see is one crash because either Tether has to blow up or Bitcoin has to get replaced as number one and they might be related, right? Either Ethereum or BCH, in my uh, guess, has to you know surge up out of the shadows and prove that Bitcoin can be defeated because it was not on the path to becoming a global payments for the world. And then at that point, then the next bubble is going to be absolutely fucking massive. Like that will be the one that it will be the moment that historians will say, this is when crypto like went mainstream. Like right now, there's a lot of people have got crypto and they're interested in whatever. But if it's start the next time it's the hype is rolling, it's just going to take over. But the hype is not rolling now. It's not there's everybody's crypto. Yeah, it's just flattened out again. Again, this is just my sense. I, I don't really believe so much in all those uh indicators or, or anything i just sort of believe in what i see in the world and all my years of, of observing crypto so completely different take but that's my that's my uh take on it we'll see i guess mm. yeah my, my counter argument would be that yeah it, it's true uh, that, that the leader bitcoin btc has uh, has uh, failed uh, and, and, and 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 so newcomers that dig into it can see that actually this is uh, a case where the emperor wears no clothes. Uh, I agree with that. But that was also the case in 2017. Huh? Um, no, I don't yet. think so. Because in 2017, it was more like uh, BCH was gone, so we weren't sort of disrupting the message. But then also they could still fool themselves a little bit internally to the community. Even if we looked at the, the rally came to an end when the, well, we'll see it's on the next slide here, where the fees, the fees rocketed up. And that's where everybody realized at the time they were able to think, oh, we've got SegWit, we're going to scale. We've got the Lightning Network coming, all these stories that they were telling themselves. And then, th so then the hype started and then it was this huge run up, but the run up ended because the fees got up to like, you know, $50, right? Everybody realized, wait, this didn't actually 
<laughs> work or at least enough people did and then there was a price you know price crash and then the fees crashed because nobody was trading on chain anymore and then we've had all this build up here and then this is the most recent one we had that huge run up and yet again because they still don't have a good scaling solution it got up to $60 and it, uh, so there's just a breaking point at which people who are actually trading on chain realize this is not going to work out and this is where bitcoin basically cannot survive another one of these big spikes because if the next one is even bigger than this one all the other uh, coins are in the wings. They've all had long enough to get ready, you know, whether it's Ethereum or BCH or other coins. Next time BTC has a big crisis like this, if it just happens the wrong way, you know, with the hash rate crashes at the same time or some news comes out that some government says we're going to adopt like some currency that's not Bitcoin or anything like that, that they're just going to get run over. They're going to get stampeded over. Um. Mm. Well, well, another uh, um, you say that that you you say that that's what not the case in 2017 because they could still promise uh, solutions to that. Like uh, I, I, that's true. That's true. Um, um, now, but okay. Uh, uh, I don't think that that, that that the bubble stopped because of the high fees on BTC there. Uh, I think the bubble stopped because you reached the maximum of, of uh, yeah, there's no more fools left, a bit of the price higher. After a while, you, you exhausted the amount of people that were planning to invest in it. Uh, and, and people typically only invest once it goes up. And, and, and the biggest idiot waits the longest uh, before he buys. Uh, because he's the most insecure, ends up also then um, uh, losing the most because he buys the top. So buying pressure um, just uh, reached its maximum um, uh, there. And, and after that, the, 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 the stupid capital was exhausted. Huh? And so then only like the only thing left is all the people that are in it, they have not cashed out because they're all greedy. They start to cash out and then you have the, 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 the other uh, cycle starting uh, where um, the, 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 the most stupid one will wait the longest before cashing out and will sell at the lowest price. Eh? Uh, so, so I think these, these kind of psychological um, um, patterns uh, set uh, uh, bubble prices, eh? uh, not, 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 not the, the, the fees that are charged on the BTC chain. And that's why I do think these, 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 these valuations, these metrics that Colin Talks Crypto uses are very important because many of those are based on the, on, on, on the psychological uh, um, events. And um, something else I would like to add is that, um, uh, yes, uh, many people that start investing in BTC in this cycle see that, oh my God, there are some problems there. Uh, like, for example, uh, Elon Musk uh, seemed to have discovered uh, uh, and 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 um, but these people typically don't leave crypto. Huh? Uh, what they do is they just switch to another crypto project because they still like the, the general crypto idea, or they still want to invest in crypto. So so I also don't think that 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 can cause a bubble uh, because of the market leader failing uh, can cause the bubble to fail. No, and and that's why I also have done my analysis. Uh, uh, towards the total crypto market cap. That's what I always analyze, not BTC, but the total crypto market cap and the patterns there. Eh? Because, yeah, I fully agree BTC fucks up, and but it also 
in every cycle you also see that losing lots of market share uh, because of that um, and, uh, and, and, and expect it to be no different in this cycle and that actually has not happened yet. Uh. Uh, BTC has uh, lost very little market share and just another indicator that I believe that no, uh, because if, if your theory would be true, then BTC would have lost lots of market share already. Uh? Uh, but uh, but that's not the case. So so I, I think that's just another indicator that um, uh, yeah, it's likely that we're just halfway because that's that's all typically the case. When you're only halfway, then the market leader has not lost much market share yet because it's only at the last part of the cycle that you get the smaller coins really exploding in value uh, compared to the market leaders. Yeah, well, I guess we're we're gonna wait and see. I mean, to me. The biggest uh, factors, yeah, are, are definitely around like Tether is a complete scam. That's got to blow up at some stage and the market needs to sort of shake off Bitcoin and replace. It doesn't really matter what it replaces it, just because it's never, ever happened before that Bitcoin has been the number two coin. And I think that that would also just completely change the the market dynamics if it looks like there's going to be a realistic challenge to to bitcoin so those are the two things that i'm i'm looking for to change in the in the market but at the same time i also do agree that of course it's psychologically uh, driven that uh graph of you know stealth phase uh discovery whatever it is you know mania bull, bear trap like <coughs> that graph that's you know it is also that that does also play into it and we are also obviously in a world of um uncertainty in terms of any government currency can basically just melt down overnight right now everybody can just start bailing out the fed can say the wrong thing at their meetings and everybody's bailing out of the us dollar or lebanon's going into hyperinflation turkey i was hearing the other day they're having problems with it you know inflation venezuela like australia is as well even though that's too stupid to realize that most of them like uh all these things uh any any uh you know support in the house any card in the house of cards can come out and then that will just uh you know wreck everything else right so uh it, that that would be the bull case for crypto i could see that happening where i could see we could go back into a bubble because fiat currencies just started uh melting down but just on the strength of crypto i feel it's kind of uh, done its dash for the time being with the nft hype and uh, all of that as well, as well too. The and the banks, you know, the the air has gone out of it. But uh, we'll see. We'll wait and see. We'll be able to see in a couple <laughs> couple of months. History, like we were saying, hindsight twenty twenty, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. So we got some. Yeah, here's some very sad news. John, I would always call him McAfee, but he he would say it was John McAfee, right? Um, an entrepreneur and libertarian presidential candidate just a, a charismatic guy of you know the highest order um a huge cryptocurrency advocate and a, a freedom fighter just in all respects he uh he died in the last i think it was in the last week or well what have we got there the 23rd of june so the last two weeks it's been a while uh between the episodes but he was uh, arrested in spain uh for U.S. Uh, tax evasion, and you know, as we know, the U.S. government once they've got it out for you, you know, they'll pressure other countries, and one way or another, that you know, like with Julian Assange or anything, you know, they try and they get their way, right? And so he was, you know, in his in his seventies, which is even though he was still actually pretty, you know, fit and healthy for a seventy-year-old, but 
obviously the stress of being in prison not going to be good for anybody's uh health but he was then found dead in his uh cell um after you know by suicide by hanging uh supposedly kind of kind of thing uh even though he himself has previously tweeted that he got this tattoo of dollars whacked uh and he made tweets that he said look if i end up in a prison or whatever i'm i would not ever do this and uh you'll know that there's you know sort of foul play afoot if if this is you know the way things uh go but I mean, obviously, everybody, you know, the listeners in the show can do their own research and, and make up their own uh, minds. But no matter how you see it, you know, it's it's just truly a, a tragic loss for the, the cryptocurrency community. And I was amazed to see, actually, after he died, actually, a lot of people were coming out. He he'd got around the place and so many people were posting up photos of his him and I and we were at this event or he was doing this interview or that interview and all these uh different things you know he was he was certainly in the in the mix all over the world and so yeah just uh a moment's uh memory you know for him uh I'm sure he won't be forgotten I don't know did you ever meet him for instance or no, no, no. Sadly, not. Uh, I've not been very active in 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 meeting. I going to physical meetings, so I've, I've not even met Roger Ferriat. Uh, so, so, so no. Uh, but uh, he he moved me, and and uh, I've followed a lot of people online, and him also. And um, but especially when he died, actually, I, I, I it's only then that I dig back in because before I'd lost interest in him when he when he was uh, hyping. Bitcoin at the peak of the bubble in 2017 and, and predicted one million dollar Bitcoin. I thought it was really foolish and stupid, and 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 and, and so many people did that and always do that at the top of the bubble, uh, and it really um, misdirects so many people. Uh, like they, they, it's just like very very greedy and 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 stupid. So that that's when I lost interest following him, but uh, I, I I I regret. Actually, that I I did that because when I looked after his death in his Twitter, wow, it was so interesting the past year, uh, all the things he continued to share, and uh, yeah, I realized that I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Um, actually, McAfee was never uh, known as a great investor, um, so so I mean I shouldn't have taken that too serious his uh, his market calls, but he is known as a great freedom fighter, and uh, I continue to be, uh, and. Um, and um, uh, um, I really enjoyed very much just seeing his work. And what I what I loved the most about him is is, is his joie de vivre, um, uh, uh, and just discovering his his life story more. Uh, uh, he was very very sexually active uh, throughout his uh, years, and uh, and actually had uh, he claims, uh, but uh, I don't know if that's true, but that he has 47 children uh, running around. Um, and um, but at the same time, it looks like he didn't raise any of them. Um, um, they are estranged, and so um, uh, the way he lived his life was that he had lots of sex with many different women, but he also moved on from these women, uh, uh, and um, and he didn't uh, took up his role as a father. Um, to raise them, but he did support them financially, as, as helped many, many women financially. Uh, um, so uh, I found that interesting. Um, 
and what I also really um, love about him is um, he's just very courageous. Some people are very courageous to stand up to governments in their face and say like, oh, you want taxes? No, I, I'm not paying taxes. Huh? Uh, and um, 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 well, the first thing I find very great, like he, he has created many children, even though he hasn't spent his time on his children, he did he did create them and did spend money on them. Uh, and and I think that's really a job well done. Uh, indeed, I think the, the biggest pro problem we have today is 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 depopulation. We are stagnating and even shrinking uh, in population. In, in, in now also in Europe, it was first in Japan, but now also in Europe and America with the native population really shrinking of the white people. Huh? And I, I think that's actually one of the biggest problems because actually it's due to the culture of feminism and, and women don't want to make children anymore. Um, and and the, the, the separation of labor between men and women, men, uh, women now also go out to work uh, and, and, and it causes women to not want to create children anymore uh, because they have two duties then. And um, I think it's a big step back. Uh, and, 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 and if you want to be a happy man, uh, you really have to fight these, all these, these cultures, this, this cultural destructive trend of women acting like men. Huh? Uh, and it's not just about wanting to have a career. It's also about wanting to have as much say in the relationship as 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 you as a man uh, do, even though they are almost all the time make less money uh, and little money. Uh, they do want the same amount of power in the relationship. And so they don't want to serve the man anymore. They don't want to cook anymore, clean anymore, uh, give massages anymore. Uh, uh, they don't want to please the man anymore. Uh, uh, sexually or whenever, only when it's when they feel like it. Like this is a big problem, uh, and it causes many men to stay single. They also have, uh, they also initiate most of the divorces, and 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 and, and the justice system also causes these men to be plundered. Uh, even after they, they 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 lose their wife and their children, they they lose their money also. Uh, and even the richest people in the world suffer from it. Even billionaires have fallen for this uh, cultural trap where um, the, 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 the odds are stacked against them and, and women are actually motivated to, to, to divorce them uh, and take the uh, stop being their wives as well as take a big pile of money as a reward for it. Huh? So I think uh, we should really, uh, um, as a man, like investing is super important for me, but like, of course, making money, being successful as a man is very important. But that doesn't mean you're going to have a good relationship life. You really need to put your mind to that also, given that the culture has really gone the, in the wrong direction. And it's very hard to find a quality girl that's that's uh, faithful to you, loyal to you, that gives you children, huh? uh, that doesn't um, uh, uh, cheat on you. Uh, like, it's all very hard. And... Um, uh, to achieve and um, yeah just think that um, uh, he did a great job by just creating the children and we should all create more children and to achieve that we should really start to think differently and and and, uh, and start valuing women again for what they really are good at which is being housewives and mothers like they can do that much better than you as a father huh? uh, taking care of a house and taking care of children is a very difficult task and women are better at that than men uh, but many other areas, women are worse than men, and, and, and we shouldn't praise them to do it.
uh, uh, there are exceptions to the rule always, but on average, women are not as good as making money than men. So why why should we like want them to do that? Huh? Um, so 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 yeah, um, that's I, I think that's admirable of him, and he has avoided. Uh, he has found a strategy to be able to create lots of children, uh, and, and, and it's a challenge for many men uh, these days uh, uh, to be able to create lots of children, uh, uh, because many men don't even want it, uh, even though it's actually a biological uh, desire for, for most men, but because of cultural and legal systems, they have lost their appetite for it, and that's something we really need to uh, change and, and fight actively. Yeah, well... Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, yeah, obviously, you know, family uh, as a, is around the world, everywhere in the world, you know, people, people like their, their family, they should have it, that should be a support, you know, unit that you can always rely on and that you, you know, you sort of have got your back because they, they say like blood is thicker than water, right? And uh, you, your family are always your family. I mean, your friends can change or your colleagues or your businesses or or different things can can change but uh family is is forever so really you know it is uh quite important that that people you know take their their family uh you know very very seriously and and look after them i think uh in, in my in my mind so yeah de mm -hmm. de <laughs> definitely that's uh that's a part of the the world that can always uh always use attention Right, so we've got here, like in other uh, news about BCH, um, we've got Haizam Rida, who is the uh, jiu-jitsu uh, fighter that uh, I announced on the show last week. And he was, um, you know, announcing that he was going to be the sort of Bitcoin Cash sponsored athlete. And he uh, won his uh, fight. It was the second fastest uh, submission and, and takedown uh, in, I don't know, the history of this uh, competition. So I really wanted to give him a uh, shout out for that that result. I, I don't follow uh, this sort of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighting all that much, but I think it's really great for the community to see that we have these, you know, people independently coming up in, in culture, you know, in sports or, you know, those, those kind of arenas where we'll see cryptocurrency going absolutely mainstream. Mm -hmm. Can I say something more about John McAfee? Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, I did just uh, move on yeah. from that. Uh, um, the second thing I admire about him is if, is, 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 is um, 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 protest, it was government's open protest that he didn't think it was um, right uh, that, that government uh, uh, taxes him. And so he said, no, uh, I don't owe you any taxes. I paid more than enough taxes and I don't pay taxes anymore to the IRS. Mm. And that's it. Uh, and um, um, I find that very courageous because, of course, it's the same as standing in, a uh, in the street and saying to a police or military, no, huh? like you, go you likely want to get shot. Huh? Um, uh, and very few people uh, dare to do that. Um, uh, but he did. Uh, and and uh, it's um, a sacrifice uh, because he also knows this is going to likely create lots of problems for him uh, and he's risking uh, to be jailed and killed even. Uh, uh, and and, and uh, to me, uh, looking into the case, uh, even like shortly before his death, like the way he is uh, as a person, um, he was a real fighter. 
um, and he was very aware of uh, what what how evil governments can be, and that um, uh, indeed um, often uh, people get arrested and killed by the government in prison uh, even before there's a process, uh, and um, and uh, and he couldn't be, have been more clear. Uh, with the message that he sent that he was not going to kill himself. There is, uh, but also of his attitude, because people say, yeah, but he was then decided that he was extradited and then he would probably stay in jail for life in the US. So so, so, so that's like, uh, makes it likely that he killed himself. Yeah, but um, uh, I mean, then he could as well have killed himself while he uh, is in the US and it becomes 100% certain that he's not going to get out. He can still kill himself then. Huh? Um, uh, like there was no urgency for him to kill himself. Um, uh, he was in contact with his uh, the love of his life eh, because he did become more serious in his love affairs. Uh, and uh, and his late his last um, uh, wife was uh, eight years and, and were very tight. And uh, and and um, he was he was not suicidal. If you look at his tweets, um, uh, despite struggling and suffering of course in prison for a man like that it's it's very hard he still had his mind to enjoy uh, and and his tweets to send out and his wife to see from time to time uh, and 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 for him to kill himself there very unlikely of course always probabilities eh? there's a small chance but um like I, I think it's much more likely that uh, he would uh, uh, with extradition, go to the US, that, uh, try to get a, a, a court case where he can say something huh? and where he can try to uh, make his case and uh, get some good lawyer support. I mean, friends all around the world, huh? the best lawyers he could have gotten there. And, um, and, and that uh, even after that all fails, uh, like maybe uh, Ross Ulbricht's case, and he's already 10 years in prison there, and it's, uh, and he, the only thing is a presidential pardon, and that failed yet again. Okay, in that scenario, I, I can see him uh, killing himself, but this was way too early. So that means he was very likely killed uh, by um, the Spanish government. Uh, uh, US go uh, some Spanish government uh, people working for US government. Uh, so yet again, uh, someone that got killed by basically refusing to pay taxes, and 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 that's something like that most people deny. Like, yeah, okay, you have to pay taxes, but I mean, uh, it's not like they are threatening uh, to kill you if you don't. Well, actually, they do. Uh, they just did with John McAfee. Huh? They really killed him uh, because of his open protest, uh, and they didn't want to give him a court case. No, because they just give more visibility. Huh? They don't want that. They truly back this with real violence. Huh? Uh, that's the reality. I think it's important to mention. And uh, uh, he did a great job for humanity. Yeah. To show that. Yeah, they say, you know, the state is, uh, or Bitcoin is not backed by anything, you know, and then you say, well, dollars not backed by anything. And then they say, well, it's backed by guns, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, it is absolutely just uh horrific and and that is one of my favorite aspects i think of the whole cryptocurrency thing because as a as a it is a revolution but it's entirely peaceful not one single cryptocurrency person has ever really been trying to spread cryptocurrency with with violence right it hasn't been about that it's all uh, you know based on uh, a voluntary you know argumentation or convincing people or showing them the way or, or whatever like people you know 
you or me or anybody who's very passionate about cryptocurrency they've talked to people and explained it to them and sometimes they still say no this is stupid or i don't get it i don't like it i don't want to trade it or whatever and you just say okay i mean obviously you're not you know pleased or happy about it but that's fine if they don't if they don't want to be involved they don't want to be involved that's okay and that's not an option that is really uh, available when you're dealing with with the government uh, i mean certainly you can sort of move around the world or you can try to yeah arbitrage yourself into sort of a different situation but fundamentally uh People are born in a country and they already have, you know, their friends and family there and, you know, leaving them like, uh, well, both of us uh, are not no longer, you know, residing <laughs> in our traditional, you know, homes or, or near our uh, friends and family like growing up or anything like that. And that that's not an accident, I don't think, you know, that uh, or John, John McAfee or, or anybody, people who are in this community, a lot of the time they're very, very big on travel and they often have you know moved and, and lived in different parts of the world just because when they feel like they're being you know uh under control or if the government is interfering with their lives where they are they move somewhere different and then you know maybe they don't even really want to go back um and it's just yeah absolutely tragic that for him it, it you know it ended this way and and it doesn't make sense that he would be you know sort of give up kind of thing like it's not his personality like you can watch any of his videos or interviews he's a very you know vibrant energetic optimistic uh type of guy and all the testimony you know the reports of other people who knew him uh when he you know after this uh, incident they all say you know how out of character it is so it is definitely a very long bow to draw in that <laughs> In that respect, I would say. And he, he would also stand up against this Corona mask bullshit, refuse to wear them, but he would put it with the panties of his uh, girl on his face uh, to pass through uh, customs. And and uh, he would get, of course, harassed by by, by, by um, uh, government officials and, and, and get put in jail and refused uh, to, to enter and exit countries because he put the panties on his face instead of uh, another uh, useless uh, piece of cloth. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and he had this way of really mocking uh, authorities in their face, and, and it angers them, uh, some of them, uh, uh, very, very badly. Uh, and they are murderers. Some of these people are murderers. Uh, they will, uh, out of anger, uh, uh, because of you mocking them, uh, get uh, uh, tossed in their head to want to kill you. Huh? Uh, that's the kind of people, some people uh, uh, are really like that and, 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 and are uh, sometimes uh, elected uh, into, um, yeah, uh, and rulers. Uh, something else I would like to say is that um, your remark about, um, uh, like, it, it, cryptocurrency is so... Um, uh, uh, such a big thing. Um, what, what came up for me is that uh, also in, in relation to, to market cycle, eh, because I think that's that's very valuable for people that watch this show. Eh? Are we still in a bull market or bear market? I like to talk more about that because there are many arguments to be made in favor of a continued bull market. 
Um, uh, one is indeed that that uh, um, it's such a big thing in the sense that uh, this is private currencies and this is the first time that's possible. And and uh, the the comparison I often make is with communism, when communists uh, decided to finally allow a free market of free enterprises, small and big uh, businesses were allowed again. And so, um, like uh, that's such a strong force, uh, and it will for sure grow very fast and take over all these uh, government companies uh, and do a, a much better job. Like, that's that's really the case with cryptocurrencies also. Uh, it used to be a totally monopolized communist system where you have one currency per country, uh, and, and it's a very bad currency. It goes down in value. Um, even these days, you don't even get interest on it anymore. Um, it's slow. Uh, 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 certain systems are fast, but the moment you want to do an international transfer, it's very slow. So, um, uh, and it's also dirty. Eh? This, this, if you have cash systems, yeah, you can pay people fast, but it's often like uh, paper and coins. Like that, that's also not practical. So it's really an old system. The moment you allow private currencies. To, 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 to in the market and you just don't destroy it, you just let it happen, you allow it. That's only 10 years ago that that started with uh, Bitcoin. And uh, you see an, an explosion of offerings uh, in a free market and for each there is a want. Uh, for each kind of uh, group of people there is a certain kind of flavor. Huh? And we see it already with cryptocurrency today, like, yeah, Dogecoin is not my thing, but a teenage girl loves that. Huh? Uh, and 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 uh, Ethereum uh, is not really my thing, also, uh, but uh, some kind of uh, Silicon Valley uh, tech entrepreneur loves that. Huh? Uh, uh, like there is for each, uh, there is something, and and that's why um, uh, I think it's not smart to look at BTC uh, if you analyze the cryptocurrency market, because in a free market there are always market leaders that have become lazy and 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 are losing the market clearly, uh, but they are still valued high. But that does not set the market. Uh, the market is set by the, the, the total amount of players. And, 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 and clearly, um, this is uh, growing even without such a big crisis. Uh, cryptocurrency, just by allowing it to uh, exist, uh, private currencies, is going to grow fast. Huh? Uh, and, and, and so um, will follow uh, the Trollo trend line that I often share. Uh, where, uh, yeah, of course, in the beginning, growth is faster percentage was, uh, and it does level off. But it takes, just like with the internet uh, growth, it takes uh, decades, uh, that growth, uh, many decades, and, and, and it continues to be at fast growth. And in the beginning, it's much more speculation and actual adoption, and towards the end, it's much more adoption and, and less speculation. But, uh, like, this trend is clearly ongoing. And, and, and so to think that um, uh, the bull cycle will stop uh, early because of uh, one player uh, screwing it up. Uh, no, no, uh, uh, like the, the other forces are much stronger. Right? Just private currency in, in the market is, is a very, very strong thing that, that uh, and you can see there is continued fast growth uh, in, 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 in the cryptocurrency sector today. Huh? So, so if that would not be there, huh? Um, uh, if it's only BTC, then I agree, but that's not the case. Like uh, uh, people are busy building all kinds of things. The amount of transactions goes up fast uh, in in many uh, cryptocurrencies. Do so, so yeah, that's important. I think. Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, it's uh, certainly unique in the cryptocurrency industry that uh, because the barrier to entry is so low in terms of anybody can just start their own coin. Uh, and I I love explaining this to you know people where they. 
uh, concerned about crypto or they're interested or whatever and they say oh is there bitcoin you know but couldn't somebody just make another one and they're expecting me to say no no you know it's the one coin and i say yep anybody can <laughs> and they're kind of like okay but doesn't that mean it has any it has no value and i say no actually that proves that the existing currencies are pretty strong why because you can start your own one and you start it tomorrow you know you can start you know uh you know, Samantha coin, or you could start whatever your your own coin, you know, Robert coin, or you just start your own coin. And what would happen? Would anybody want it? You would have to convince people, right? And then they sort of have to think, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that you can't create another one. It's that the value is not necessarily just in making a new one and making an infinite amount of new coins, and therefore none of them have value. It's that the proving grounds of something actually gaining acceptance and getting people to buy into the idea when you're buying a cryptocurrency, really what you're buying is a share in a community. And that's why the sort of interpersonal exchange aspect is, is most important. If there's a lot of people trading to exchanges where they're just trying to cash in and out of the ecosystem, that's way less uh, relevant than people trying to trade within the ecosystem system because ultimately and now with the internet you know you can actually do that where people can be making trades amongst themselves you don't need to have a strong group in one physical location you don't need to have a critical mass obviously that would be helpful and that would be great but we can create a whole separate economy from the fiat currencies or from other cryptocurrencies just internally and that is ultimately the like resilient shell of when there is a market shock or a, you know, a flaw to the kind of the price and the adoption that's that's where it comes from right so that is the that's another thing that people who are observing the cryptocurrency might it's very hard for them to piece together if they don't know all the details as to some coins it could be 99 percent hype and one percent you know a hardcore committed community and some coins it's 20% hype and 80% uh, community, but that's, you only know that by looking into those coins very, very deeply, really. Yeah, I'd also like to add that, yeah, I agree with you fully that the teeters scam uh, is very big and, and will collapse sooner or later, but we already saw in the past that that doesn't change the trend of, of the cycle. Uh, Mongox eh, was also a very big collapse. Uh, where many people lost their uh, money. Um, uh, they thought they had Bitcoin there, they thought they had Fiat there, and it was not the case, it's gone uh, suddenly. Huh? Um, and um, uh, But this puts a dent, eh? like you see a correction in the market, but the overall cycle, we were at the time in a bull cycle, continued. Huh? In the time uh, of Mount was... Gox, well, because Mount Gox collapsing, like that ended this that ended the bubble in two that it was in january or february of 2014 that was where it was getting up to 1200 dollars. it was at that peak hype and then i was there i was on reddit i was refreshing the page at the time where the website just went blank and that was it and that was what precipitated the end of that um bull run was the crash of mount gox so that's where i feel like tether could be filling that same role in the next you know run up or in the current run up you know because undoubtedly well obviously the same as mount gox the industry would survive and it would you know carry on and a lot of people would write articles cryptocurrency is finished it's all over you know and then the, the community would just carry on and eventually build back right but uh the yeah t t um mount gox definitely brought an end to that cycle in in 2014 and i feel like tether could do the same on either this run up or if you know we sort of extended up uh from here because as, especially as all the money and stuff rushes in that that puts it at a 
it's like the boiler you know it puts it at a crisis point where it's more likely to just kaboom everything so it will bring the tether to an end faster if we do have a huge uh price run up i'd say okay okay i wasn't aware that the collapse was in january 2014 february in that case yeah you, you you're right that that was the end of the the top uh, and could have like uh, uh, coincided yes um uh, but uh did it cause the, the bear market there I think among Gox already by the middle of 2013, uh, there was a, a, a difference in in uh, a clear. Di there was yeah, it was like a hundred prices higher or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And the BTC price there was uh, higher, uh, considerably higher than elsewhere, and um, uh, that, that was strange. That, and 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 so it was already clear for many many months that um, uh, there was serious problems there. Uh, most of the market continued to trade, at least their trade volumes seem to be still very high. Uh, but um, um, like, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, okay, anyway, uh, uh, but, but, but I think that um, um, teeter collapse, like, yes, uh, that can happen now and I would put, put uh, uh, the price down. Huh? It could happen indeed if we get another, uh, if we do go higher. Uh, and, and then it goes, uh, it happens again at the top, like in 2013, uh, that's possible. Uh, more more likely scams actually uh, collapse, uh, not during bubble times, because then they can keep things, um, um, uh, um, uh, they can cheat much better in bubble times. But when you have uh, crashes, then often the scams uh, get revealed because they don't have the money to to um, to um, close the gap. Uh, and, and so... Uh, okay, uh, but uh, and then the other argument that you gave about um, uh, what was the other argument about Ethereum becoming the first one? This usually also happens during bubble times uh, that uh, that uh, other coins become I gain market share. So I do think that 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 event is likely to happen in, in this bubble, and actually is also for me one of the indicators that we haven't reached the top yet because it was so likely if you look at previous cycles that ethereum would become bigger than btc in this cycle it almost became as big as btc in the previous cycle so uh, so it's very likely to become bigger but even also that hasn't happened yet uh, and it certainly can happen during a bubble event and it would not uh, destroy uh, the bubble um I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's true. It would be totally unprecedented. I mean, I think one of the big uh, things that supports your uh, hypothesis is that in the Ethereum community, you can already see the pieces clicking together in terms of their own self-belief that they are going to surpass uh, Bitcoin. You know, maybe previously the Bitcoin community was like number one and Ethereum that, you know, they had this kind of logic, which was like, well, we're oil to their gold and people do all this sort of reasoning by analogy and stuff like that to, as to which coin is on top or, or whatever. Right. But the, you can, I, I mean, I'm not deeply involved in the Ethereum community, certainly, but you can already see the kind of stuff percolating actually quite strongly amongst the Ethereum uh, crowd or their thinkers or whatever that, okay, we, we, maybe we have just surpassed Bitcoin. Like they have the higher price, but as the Bitcoin community grows more insular and all the other coins have spread out, the Ethereum community have, you know, they are able to put themselves quite opposed to Bitcoin because 
like versus Ethereum versus BCH, they have two very different strategies to defeating Bitcoin, basically, where BCH is like, we're going to be what you should have been. And then Ethereum, they like, no, we're going to do be what you should have been in terms of the number one coin, but they want to be the number one coin, you know, they've got proof of stake, and they've got, you know, constantly new innovations, and they've got all this layer two, and they've got distributed apps. And it's like, they're sort of putting themselves in a different category. And that's why it's very mm -hmm. interesting because it, when you look at the market cap of all the coins, you know, you can roughly group them, right? Like you can say, okay, well, there's smart contract focused coins and there's privacy coins and there's, you know, different meme coins, whatever, right? Uh, and so BCH is competing with BTC to be basically in that same uh, category, but Ethereum have tried to be in a different category, but they're all ranked on the same leaderboard when it comes to the the market cap. So I can, I can sort of see an angle... Uh, they're like you're saying that uh, the ethereum could you know rise up and and surpass uh, btc but it's never been done before so i feel like that would have it could it could go either way if ethereum uh, swapped past a btc maybe that would you know suddenly create euphoria in the whole markets because everyone was like every coin can be the best coin you know and it would all rock it up or maybe it would be the opposite where they would go past uh bitcoin and then suddenly a lot of people who didn't know as much about crypto maybe some big banks who are holding or whatever think oh but how do we know we've bought the right one we could have this one anyone could be the new one tomorrow what is all this garbage and just all sell out and it create you know then a self-reinforcing crash so I, yeah, I, I couldn't say for sure which way it would go in that sort of event. Well, I think uh, for BCH, it will overall be very positive. Uh, and, and that's, and that's, that's of course, the question. Uh, um, um, and like, I think it's very, it would be very good because now um, the network, by being the biggest one, you have a network effect of new money going to you. And, 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 and but the moment BTC becomes second after Ethereum, People that want to invest in the biggest ones, okay, that's another one now, Ethereum. Um, but Bitcoin is still a very, very strong brand. So, so, so people will still look at Bitcoin, like, and they still want uh, a big piece of the market will still want to invest in Bitcoin. But since it's not the first anymore, yeah, uh, then I think Bitcoin Cash will become more viewable uh, as as also a possible Bitcoin. And, and, and especially all the money that's in BTC itself, I think some of it, I, there's a, a, there is likely some of that capital will, will, will start to see that, they, that BTC actually did make mistakes and, and now Ethereum is bigger. But what's, what's next? Eh, like, uh, like they, they do some more self-reflection and new money that comes in that wants to invest in Bitcoin, do some more research. And I think, yeah, not much capital needs to shift to BCH for BCH to be a success, uh, only very little uh, from th those two segments. And, and so I think it will be very good for BCH. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, we've just been seeing, you know, how the markets move slowly, but it's about the narrative as it just slowly splinters because in 2013, and, uh, you know, I mean, You'll remember, I remember a lot of people who are new to crypto, they don't remember, but at that time where Bitcoin was totally on top and every other coin, it was seen as like, well, they're not really, they're like an innovation lab. And if they dream up some new thing, we'll copy it and put it into Bitcoin. As soon as we see that this is working, this is good. That was how everybody was thinking about it. But then when, you know, with the scaling debate, like it was proven in other coins that you could lift the cap and it wouldn't be the, you know, disaster or whatever. 
you know, and then, but they didn't, they didn't, they lost that and they started on their track of we're just doing our thing and we've just ossified the protocol and we're never going to change it and we've got to build more layers on top and that kind of uh, reasoning has just exaggerated over time. Uh, but in the meantime, of course, that's just shoved everybody off into all these different coins. So now we do, it is more like a coin market. It used to just be like Bitcoin plus a few others randomly off on the side. But now there's so many uh, legitimate competitors. And ultimately, that's kind of the case for crypto is that it is unstoppable because it's just this Darwinian lab of evolution and every coin can learn from every other coin or try something new or, or whatever. So fundamentally, uh, people who are worried that the government's going to stop it or the one coin will find a way. And if one coin can find a way, the rest can too, you know. So that's where I, I think, again, it's just a a great uh you want to be on this side of the fence basically um when it, you know when it, when it comes to that all right so let's see oh here we go so uh here's a bit of uh real world adoption so this is a couple of weeks ago but in uh the bitcoin cash city which is in townsville australia in northern uh queensland they had uh, somehow they've got a lot of bitcoin cash adoption there and they had got the Bitcoin Cash accepted here sign up on a big uh, sort of billboard thing that they have. I'm sure they have these around the world, but they're most typical like in Australia and America. You see this kind of thing where there's a mall and they have all the a shopping center, as they would say in Australia, and they have all the different uh, brands that are in there. And so they've got, let's see, Nando's and Pizza Hut and different celebration. That's an alcohol chain, uh, a little bit of everything there. But they, the Bitcoin Cash community have got the Bitcoin Cash sign proudly displayed. So I, I think this is uh, really good. I mean, we were talking before about physical merchants not necessarily being the way, but certainly having those signs up gets people thinking, but just because they drive past it every day, it just becomes normal to them to that crypto is in the world kind of thing. Yeah, yeah great to see. Um... Oh, your voice dropped. Yeah, no, I just needed a... All right, can you still hear me? Yes, I do. Okay, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> all right, next thing. Oh, so I've got to give a quick shout out to this at Bitcoin Cash ZA on Telegram. Uh, this guy messaged me on Twitter. He's starting a Telegram group for the South African uh, followers of, of BCH. And it's great to see, you know, the community sort of... Uh, expanding there so i promised i'd give him a, a a shout out on the show so here it is so if you're in south africa or you're interested in and maybe if you're just in africa or you're in nearby countries or you know people in south africa or, or whatever you can uh spread the word and and check that out on uh telegram at bitcoin cash uh za and then all right so i think this is maybe yeah so this is more um coming sort of up to the end of the news segment but we had recently bcha have rebranded themselves over to ecash so they've given up on the um the bitcoin cash sort of branding or, or forking and completely changed so they're going to make a few other changes like uh you know where they put the decimal place and they're changing the address format from bitcoin cash to ecash and they've launched a new website and all this stuff um and i mean i was looking at this news and i thought that this was basically a really good resolution for everybody really because 
the Bitcoin Cash community, you know, who are not uh, interested in following that, well, they're now, you know, left to their own devices to power on, you know, on the same brand and everything like that. And then for Amori, who was the uh, developer of BCHA uh, initially, one of the devs, you know, involved in starting it there, and then subsequently with his ideas that not everybody agreed with, he's now moved off onto his own coin and, and people who like that can, uh, can go with that. But I think it is actually helpful to the Bitcoin Cash community that it is being rebranded to eCash, you know, um, where there's already Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, there's already too many <laughs> Bitcoins competing. So I think this is sort of, yeah, a win for everyone. Well, uh, I, I think that uh, Amoris share here is, is a great example of how, how to how to how to fuck it up. Huh? Uh, like you, you can be in the right market uh, and still come out as a loser. Huh? Uh, you, and, and I think Amoris uh, has shown how to do that. Happens in every market. Eh? Many Internet uh, uh, figures. Uh, didn't make a fortune, uh, actually uh, failed uh, with their internet business. Um, and um, very likely this project will fail. Uh, like who needs another eCash? Uh, there are now 5,000 cryptocurrencies. He has very little chance to succeed. Huh? Um, so uh, I, I think that um, uh, like the market trend in the beginning is one of expansion. Uh, when you have a new market, you have the invention of the car or radio or what you see is that in every town there will be a, a car company or every or a, a radio manufacturer um, uh, because it's new tech and because you can make like lots of profits because you can ask very high margins because everybody wants to have that nobody knows anything about it uh, you can sell crap for lots of money and so it's very easy to start a company yet. but as time progresses the competitiveness goes up and and so bigger players absorb smaller players, you get consolidation uh, and the consumer becomes much better informed also. So you can't sell crap anymore or, or, or so easily. Uh, and so so the, you see that the amount of car companies or, or radio companies goes down and, and, and the, at the end of the cycle, there is only a few left. Huh? Um, uh, for it goes down from many thousands to like a dozen uh, and even only maybe three or five. Huh? And so I think we already passed that point in cryptocurrency. We're 10, 10 years in. I think um, the previous cycle, we still saw the hype of ICOs. There are lots of new coins. In this cycle, actually, what we see is DeFi uh, or NFT, but this is built on bigger coins. Huh? So you see already a, a, a consolidation where new projects choose to build on other coins huh? instead of starting their new project. Huh? Uh, and, and so... I mean, the the wise decision of someone like Amoris Sechet, who who's not happy to build for the bigger project and, and wants to make more money or have more power or like uh, is is to build on top of another project, something of value, huh? uh, not start yet again another coin. Um, and, and Bitcoin Cash has a big shortage of that. Like we need, uh, it needs a lot more projects building on top of it. Ethereum has already plenty of those, huh? but Bitcoin Cash, for example, not. Huh? Uh, and that would have been a great opportunity for someone like Amoris Seche, huh? uh, uh, but he totally squandered that uh, due to greed, uh, I believe, huh? and also totally misjudging uh, the actual power that he had. Huh? Uh, uh, and um, yeah, 
that's my opinion. yeah that, well that's definitely it you know i mean i think in the end it's good everybody can go what they want they can go their own ways uh but yeah i did think that bitcoin cash was weaker having you know somebody in charge or not really in charge but you know leading the project or at the forefront of the development who's just saying i'm going to be a benevolent dictator and maybe now he can be the benevolent dictator of eCash, but like we were talking about, might find it hard to convince people to join a coin with a uh, benevolent dictator because you never know when they're not going to be benevolent. That's the thing about <laughs> about uh, dictators. Right, so then we had as well this week, uh, Vitalik uh, Buterin is sort of, I don't know whether this was something he recently said, but it kind of came up where he was saying, Whereas most technologies tend to automate workers on the periphery doing menial tasks, blockchains automate away the center. Instead of putting the taxi driver out of a job, blockchain puts Uber out of a job and lets the drive taxi drivers work with the customers directly. And I mean, I guess this peer-to-peer -peer idea is uh, really what we're putting out of a job is the Federal Reserve, basically. I mean, it was funny to me that he didn't choose that. Uh, he chose Uber, you know, it was kind of like, well, Uber could still have a job matching up the riders and the and the people, you know. Uh, maybe you could build some sort of mesh network technology of people's phones communicating with each other to find that. But I think Uber will be will be fine. Really, to me, he's right. We're taking out the center, but we're taking out the center of the finance more than anything else. Absolutely. Like I think. Uh... Most, a good leader is a good politician. Uh, uh, even when you run businesses or cryptocurrency projects, uh, you need to sell it strategically. And 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 Vitalik Buterin is a genius there. And 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 indeed, he should talk about the banks or, or the governments that he's um, disrupting, and not about Uber. He's not disrupting Uber, but uh, he knows what to say. <laughs> he's strategically talking here. Eh? But uh, uh, very impressed with Ethereum, I have invested in DPI, uh, so a different kind of DeFi coins, but also started using some of these networks such as Cream.Finance built on top of Ethereum. Uh, and it's unbelievable how you can use your coin, in my case DPI, to get loans against it and you have to use it as collateral. And, uh, and, and then um, uh, you deposit that. And then uh, you can get uh, all kind of loans, uh, fiat loans, uh, USDT and uh, Tether and, and, and others, USDC and, and DAI. And then um, you can withdraw that money, use that money in totally unrelated investments, uh, even uh, check out uh, in your bank account and, uh, or spend. Uh, um, and, and your collateral is stuck. Um, and um, but of course, if the value goes up, you 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 can withdraw some collateral and still have safe margins. Uh, but if the value goes down of your collateral, you're gonna get liquidated. But the way that's done is not some guy in a bank deciding whether to liquidate you or not, and at what price. No, it's like a, a, a free market where ah, oh, if the value of a collateral goes below a certain point, then everybody can start liquidating your loan, um, and they will make money on it. Uh, and you will lose some money due to that and also, and it's just all automated interest, uh, interest rates on, 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 are, are really based on, on supply and demand. Uh, and there's not a single person that makes any decision there. It's just based on what the market participants do, whether interest rates will go up for my collateral or down and on my loans that I have, they can go up or down. 
it's, it's genius. Uh, so Ethereum really has with DeFi. Uh, it's really starting to disrupt uh, the banking world uh, and it's beautiful yeah i think it's absolutely amazing i haven't got too involved in or in all of that i i should honestly i do have a little bit of ethereum i should send it around and try out a few of these uh protocols i definitely need to yeah invest some some time in that but i think in these cases you know like we were talking about before with people who are unbanked they're going to be the ones who are going to just start using these projects and they will not even ever bother with bank accounts or different things like that. And the people who already have bank accounts and are already, they will be the last to realize that this switch has happened. Uh, just like, you know, in lots of places in, in Africa where they have a really good Wi-Fi. Why? Because they never bothered with cables and all that stuff. So they just completely skipped it. And the people, you know, who were on the previous generation they only came onto it last rather than first, even though they, you know, thought they were ahead of the game. I think that that's kind of the same thing where we're going to be seeing crypto is just kicking goals every single day while the doubters and they're not doing anything. They're just ignoring it or don't, you know, just because you're not watching doesn't mean it's not, it's not happening. All right. So yeah, I mean, loads of text on this, uh, slide, but essentially the next three slides uh, are really just for us to talk a little bit about, uh, investing and about markets and stuff. We've already covered like qu actually quite a lot of it. Um, but given that you are, you know, really big on the investing and stuff and for this show, you know, I have uh, listeners who are maybe they're interested in Bitcoin cash or, or peripherally, you know, but one thing that I think a lot of people are not, um, you know, financially engaged to the same extent that you and I are, where we're following, you know, all the markets and like a lot of people don't even understand, you know, how the stock market works, all these kind of things. So I thought we could just, uh, you know, spread a bit of financial education uh, as well. So one thing I thought we could uh, discuss is uh, liquidity. So when people in markets and they're learning about currencies or learning about crypto, they always hear about liquidity, this or that has liquidity. They have no idea what that, what, what that means, what that's about, right? So I thought I would give my explanation for how I see this and then you can uh, give your you know, take on it, right? But the way I think of uh, currencies and liquidity that everybody's always talking about is like if you had buckets of water and so let's say you were, you know, in your house and you needed some water. Well, instead of going to the shop, you went to this uh, bucket that was sitting, you know, outside in the market, you know, square or something like that. Right. And so there was only a little bit of water in it. So you could scoop out a little bit of water and you could take it with you. Where did the water in the bucket come from? Well, it came from somebody else in the community who came along and they had poured that water in. So that is like how a marketplace operates where people want to trade uh, you know, BCH uh, for US dollars, for instance. So the people who are coming to the bucket and pouring in the water, that's the ones who are bringing coins or US dollars, it doesn't matter which, and they're offering them for sale. And then the people who are coming and scooping out the water, that's the ones who are coming and they make a market order and they, they buy some or they sell it. Obviously, it depends which side of the trade. But you can be offering liquidity, which is like bringing water to the bucket, or you can be taking liquidity, which is like scooping it out. Now, obviously, if you're a fire truck, then you, you can't go to a small bucket, right? So certain use cases, like in the uh, in case of currencies, bigger businesses, they need to have bigger buckets of water. So when you have more people moving around uh, to different, you know, as a community grows, as more and more people use this bucket, more people are coming and pouring water in and more people are coming to scoop it out. That obviously builds a cycle on itself where people trust 
that this is a source where we can, uh, you know, they can make that trade, right? And so then the bucket uh, gets bigger as more to accommodate more and more water. And then maybe it opens up new use cases like, you know, fire engines can then be involved or maybe people start a swimming pool nearby because they know that there'll be a supply of water. And that's exactly the same as how currency markets work, right? So that that's how I tend to, to think about uh, liquidity, uh, you know, as a sort of physical metaphor for what is quite a, an abstract um, concept where in this uh, example, the, the buckets of water are either the exchanges that people can go to and as those exchanges build up around the world or even individuals, if individual people are willing to buy and sell goods and services, that's like trading uh, water in that way as well too. So maybe this is complete nonsense, but for the viewers who are not financially involved, uh, do you think do you think about things like this, or how do you think about cryptocurrencies and utility and trade uh, and liquidity? Well, uh, liquidity is important. Like for me, when I buy or sell a cryptocurrency, um, or am I going to market buy, or I put up an order that I hope gets filled. And um, uh, the price to pay is yeah, you lose about one percent or so if you want, to, uh, depending. Um, but um, you do lose money by wanting it to be filled immediately, or you risk waiting. But there's a, way, a risk when you put it below market may never get filled. Also, though the chance is low because it's always volatile. Even on the way up, it's gonna go on the way up like this. Uh, and so you put a little bit below market, it's likely going to get filled. Um, but there is this always small chance of maybe one or, or three, one or two or three percent that it doesn't get filled and you get left behind huh? in both directions. And and for me, that's where a, a place where I actually have paid um, to because I find it already enough uh, uh, troubles to be an investor and decide when to buy and sell. And once I make that decision, I also want to be executed. I don't want to be worried for days, like, will this be filled in or not? Huh? So I'd rather pay the price of basically taking liquidity uh, than to basically make money on offering liquidity. Huh? And I think that's the right strategy, uh, though it does cost money. I think it's important to focus on what you're good at and leave the rest for other people. I'm good at investing. I'm not a liquidity provider. Huh? That's a business on sich. And to put the orders above and below market can make money with that because likely it continuously get filled in sooner or later. But then there are these uh, few moments where it doesn't get filled in. The market runs in, in one either direction. And as an investor, then you have a big loss in opportunity. Uh, and I don't like that. So that's what I do. Yeah, I <laughs> know it's probably hard for you to read in the in the small text, but that's basically the, the summary of uh, of what I was saying. So yeah, that's my financial uh, learnings for the day for my uh, viewers. And okay, and uh, yeah, I mean we're sort of coming towards the end of the the show here. But if I was curious to ask you actually. Um, you know, I'm a professional software developer and even, you know, when I was saying when I was younger, when I was getting into cryptocurrency, I had already been coding, you know, um, as a, you know, doing software development and stuff like that. And I've never heard you mention, so I have no idea, actually, have you ever written any uh, computer code or are you into programming or do you know absolutely nothing about it? And either way, how does that influence, you know, cryptocurrencies are technical projects. So a big part of it is 
whether or not you know they have good coders whether the node software is running correctly if there's going to be bugs all those kind of things so for you and for obviously other investors that might not necessarily have the most technical background how do you factor that in uh you know based on your based on your understanding yeah, so so I try to learn programming, but I really suck at it, and I'm bad at mathematics, also, and 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 so I gave up very quickly. Tried a few times, and it's really not for me. Um, um, I, I understand a, a little bit about, um, um, but but no, so that's really not my field of expertise, and also is a weakness as an investor. Uh, uh, and I notice people that know more about this. Um, that 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 they, they have a much better understanding of what's going on in the in, in what's the value of a cryptocurrency is very much connected to how is the code built, how scalable is that, and and I I have to say like I understand little of that, so uh, I try to understand it by asking, talking with people, like for example, BCH uh, talked recently with um, Emergent Reasons John uh, from General Protocols and. Uh, yeah, he was explaining that the way BCH uh, code is built, uh, it's much more scalable uh, than, for example, Ethereum, uh, and 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 that will show over time uh, in the fees. Uh, it shows today, uh, fees are very low, but even if BCH grows uh, a lot, uh, fees will likely be uh, slow. To, whereas Ethereum will likely continue to struggle due to the way the code is built with uh, with scaling uh, in a timely manner so that uh, fees don't uh, get out of hand and and i found it interesting to hear but uh, i really need like to listen to other people there uh, and trust their opinion to to make a judgment but i do take it into account uh, yes i also want to say something more uh, jeremy about the previous slide yeah. um, or do i do that yeah out? no we can do that uh, this one yeah. about the buckets yeah, like uh, it's not really mentioned on the slide, but you did mention like, um, or I had to think about uh, intrinsic value or network effect. I think it's very important to understand because often people say, oh, BTC uh, has the network effect to its advantage. That's not really true because network effect does not apply to investors. Investors don't create a network effect. You may have millions of investors. Like the network effect is the idea that if you double the amount of users, the value of the network goes up more than double. Huh? Uh, well, that's not the case with investors. If you double the amount of investors, the the value of the network does not go up more than double. Huh? Um, uh, but with users, it does. Huh? If if you double the amount of users, actual real users, then the value of the network is uh, more than that uh, because um, um, because a, a currency is like a social media, for example, like Facebook. If nobody is on it, it has no value. But if uh, one of your friends is on it, it has a little bit of value. But if two of your friends are on it, it's more than double as value because you only have 10 friends. Eh? <laughs> so yeah. actually, uh, uh, if it's five friends, uh, actually, uh, it's unbeatable because there will not be any other social network with five friends on it of yours. And so the network effect is one there. Huh? Uh, and, and so um, with the currency is very much like that also. Like people look at, okay, who, but who's accepting this? Is the first thing people ask usually. Like uh, you want to sell them a new currency? Ask, where can I spend it? Where can I sell it? Huh? And if you have a good answer to that, some reference like people that know oh, you can spend it there or, 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 or you can sell it there. 
that that then then uh, uh, that's very important. Huh? Uh, and so users is what create network effect, not investors. And so uh, to understand what's the intrinsic value of, of of a coin, like for example Bitcoin Cash, you have to look at the amount of users. That's the intrinsic value. How many people use this coin to spend? Because you can see actually what's the value there with fiat currencies. You can see that every fiat currency, the value of a US dollar, for example, is about $10,000 per person. That it, uh, and the same of the euro. It's about 10,000 euro per person. Huh? So, so um, but this goes down over time because the amount of dollars goes up, not as fast as the population that uses it. So actually, that was like five years ago when I studied it. It was $10,000, but today it will be probably $15,000. And that's the value uh, per person of the US dollar. And, and why is that the value? It's because that's how much it's valued. Um, uh, like that's on average what people keep as currency. Uh, like rich people will keep 10 times more, small pe uh, poor people 10 times less. But on average, a person will have like 10, 20,000 uh, dollars of fiat currency that they use. Huh? Uh, and, and, and so the same is true for cryptocurrencies. If you look at users, like on average, how much will people uh, put of their own value into Bitcoin Cash if they use that? Huh? Um, I think for, for simplicity's sake, we can just take the same number. It's $10,000, let's say. Huh? Uh, well, that's the real intrinsic value of Bitcoin Cash. Huh? Um, of course, in the beginning, there's a lot more speculation and big capital also involved. Huh? But over time, that's the real intrinsic, intrinsic value. Huh? Um, and, and, and so I, I think it's very interesting that users create network effect, not investors, and users create intrinsic value, not investors. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where you can see on uh, sort of both sides. So you get this sort of comes into this uh, last slide here as well, too, which is that when you're getting a coin, like we were talking about with how much is speculation and how much is uh, real users, really it's about the ecosystem underlying kind of slowly building up over time, right? And so with uh, the network effect, people are very easily misguided about that because they think, well, Bitcoin has the network effect, uh, so it's massive and no other coin will be able to take it. Well, we'll obviously we've seen that that's false because they've been declining over time, basically because they be, they did have an advantage, but they're throwing it away basically by mismanagement. And then, well, they say, okay, well, if the biggest coins can't win, well, couldn't then the smallest coins wins like eCash have forked off? Aren't they just going to come out of anywhere? And the answer is also no with them because while they, you know, they would need to have some substantial ecosystem developing, but by unplugging from all the other existing projects and people that are already using that currency, they've had to start again from scratch. So really what you're trying to look for is the balance where the, you want the biggest coin that is still growing its dominance uh, over time uh, and growing its ecosystem substantially because the some of the bigger coins if they they go into a bit of a cycle of decay if they stop innovating um which is you know bitcoin is the is the classic one but there have been other coins which have been up really high and then they've decayed over time because even though they were big they weren't attracting more real uh ecosystem and i think for me bch has one of the highest um you know proportion of people involved who are actively contributing back to the to the ecosystem right so for me like i'm involved now so what i'm going to make this podcast right and like you make content and you're involved with read.cash and noid.cash and other like investments and, and projects in the scene so i think that's something that we really want to a message to get out to the community 
that uh, if you like Bitcoin Cash or you're involved or you're trading it or whatever, if you really want to see it succeed, I mean, buying some is good, but contributing to the scene is is better because the coin with the highest uh, amount of contributions and stuff will be in the end, you know, build the strongest uh, ecosystem. And that's a very hard, like you're saying, investors, they can come and go, they can sell in or out at 10 seconds notice, but I can't change this to the Ethereum podcast uh, overnight. <laughs> All my listeners would say we're not interested, right? So it takes time to build those uh those bigger um those bigger like uh projects really and yeah yes uh, and I, I think it's very important to realize you want to get rich uh in technology uh very often it's about that network getting that um uh, start it's very hard to get it started but once you have it um you're making tons of money because you don't have to invest more it goes it runs by itself uh, 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 for example, to the example of eBay, in the beginning, it was very wise to start with uh, fringe markets, uh, like collectors selling their items on a worldwide platform uh, and with a bidding system. Yeah, that was they found a niche. And, and once you have a niche where you create value, then you can get that network effect going because, okay, the more collectors of, I don't know, Pokemons are selling, there, the more buyers of Pokemons that are on that platform, and the higher the price you also will be. And and for another platform to to, to uh, it's impossible to to start to like uh, get that market going. Once you are the leader there, um, you have to really make very bad decisions to chase away your market. You can even ask like 10% per transaction or 20% per transaction. You can cream. Uh, of the market, you ask fees, you can ask high fees, and still the market will want to stay there because buyers have the highest supply by far, and, and, and sellers have the most amount of buyers by far, and so they will get the highest price there also. Huh? Uh, and, and so it's very uh, hard to, 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 to destroy that, and, and it's a, it's a, it makes money, it keeps on making money once you have that network effect to your advantage, and that's what Bitcoin Cash really needs to create. Also in niche markets, and for example, like, I hope that, that Noise.cash uh, is on the right track there. You have a niche market in the cryptocurrency world, which is uh, making money of, of articles. Uh, you have a few players there. Uh, what are all their names? Huh? You have a few of them. Um, um, but, uh, but it looks like, like Noise.cash is doing a great job there. And is it starting to attract also like people that use the other platforms? Um, because yeah, you can make more on noise.cash eh? uh, or, or on re.cash and, and, and uh, it is managed better. And, and if they succeed eh, to, to, to push that far enough, the network effect will kick in where it makes no sense anymore to start any other platform uh, because you can't compete uh, with, uh, with noise or with read. Huh? Uh, but, but to get there is very difficult. But once you're there, uh, you're golden. Huh? Uh, and it's the same, of course, with, with merchants. Many people have tried that. And also the slide you showed there in a certain area, uh, uh, get lots of adoption there and get a network effect where, um, but but I think that, that that's that's difficult because you don't have the users. Like, yeah, it's easy to onboard all merchants or, or like a, or, or like the, the first 20% of your region, but it's not easy to get 20% of users in your region. That's very difficult. That, that, that's not tackled. It's not solved. Huh? 
uh, even with Bitcoin at the time, um, uh, there were just not enough users in any region to basically support these merchants. Because yeah, d during the boom, they will spend some money, but once the, 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 the crash is there, it's always happening, and it takes a year, to, a year, two years to recover, all customers are gone, huh? even at the time with Bitcoin. Huh? And so, so, so that's, that's a niche market, I think, that's, that's, that's it's, it's not, it's not going to be possible, uh, brick and mortar, mortars. But there are so many other niche markets that we can try to find uh, and try to build businesses. Uh, and, and if we get that going, we get really like an expansion of users of our currency. That's very important to, 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 to solve. Yeah, we've got to try and create as much uh, economic utility and, and especially yeah in underserved uh, markets or, or things where we have an advantage. All right. So, yeah, I think we've kind of already really covered this, but you recently tweeted about how the difference somebody was asking you about what's the difference between, uh, well, it's Colin Talks Crypto we were talking before about, uh, you know, what's your difference in faith, BCH versus Ethereum. And basically you said, which I think you've already kind of explained on this uh, podcast we've already talked about, that Ethereum is trying to solve like Bitcoin failed. So it's trying to do something kind of different where BCH, it's more like, well, Bitcoin just, it was the right idea. It was just the wrong implementation. And so BCH is, you know, it's not that the the map was wrong. It was the, you know, the traveler walking along the path kind of thing, right? So really, if we just get back on the track, it's still a good track. It still goes somewhere, somewhere good. And that being the sort of differentiation between those, those two projects in your eyes. Yeah, I think it's a difficult time right now. At least I, I feel that. And I, I sense it in the market also. BCH lost lots of ranking. Uh, and um, um, wait, let me just put on the electricity here. At, uh, wait, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. We can, we'll, we'll uh, wrap it up soon. Uh, we've been going a long time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, so, so. Uh, 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 it's discouraging. Uh, you invest in a project that was a leader, uh, and in three years, I lost lots of leadership. It used to be like the third biggest one, even bigger as Ethereum uh, at one point in 2017 after release. Um, but we dropped to fifth place, stayed there for a while, and now dropped to 10th place, uh, 12th place. Huh? Um, and price-wise, it has not done well. Uh, like there are many other projects in crypto that were better investments price-wise, and and it's discouraging. Um, when will it happen? Huh? Um, uh, and, and is there still hope? And is there still a future with Bitcoin Cash? I get these questions and I ask this myself also often. Uh, and, and, and as with any uh, crisis, you, you have to yeah, do self-study. Uh, like, okay, what are my talents? Uh, what do I have to offer? Uh, do I have valuable things to offer? Uh, and, and, and if I look at Bitcoin Cash, um, yeah, I do think it has uh, things to offer, for example, compared to with the biggest and best player in the market, Ethereum. Huh? What, what does Bitcoin Cash have to offer that Bit Ethereum does not have? Well, I think first of all, it's Bitcoin huh? and Ethereum will never be Bitcoin. And that's a very important huh? uh, because um, Bitcoin is where my heart is. And of many people, that's where their heart is. They want to make Bitcoin a success, not Ethereum. Uh, it's a different coin. Huh? And, and this is, uh, was decided by Vitalik Buterin. He could have decided to build on top of Bitcoin, despite uh, uh, people trying to chase him away uh, um, and saying that uh, Bitcoin is not meant to be a, a smart transaction, not meant to be built on Bitcoin. Uh, people said that at the time, but he didn't have to listen to them. He could have built it on top. And some actually parties tried to do that. Uh, you had the counterparty at the time and Omni and some other projects. Uh, but of course, like 
was that the right strategy uh, while these projects failed because indeed Bitcoin BTC is mismanaged. Huh? Um, but okay, if his love for Bitcoin was big, he would have likely then uh, followed uh, Bitcoin Cash and, and could have realized his dream, uh, continued to realize his dream on there. But no, he wanted to start his own coin huh? uh, with a different uh, model in many ways. Huh? Yes, it's, it's, it's better to build code on top, uh, uh, smart contracts on top, but it also makes it much, much less scalable. Uh, and his economic model uh, that underlies it, like Bitcoin is sound money. That's the foundation of Bitcoin. Huh? It's, a, it's, it's, it's launched in protest of governments printing infinite uh, money. And, and therefore, it has a very strong monetary policy. Uh, from the start, you know exactly how many coins will be created, when it will go down over time. Like he didn't copy that. Huh? Uh, 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 he, he took a more loose monetary policy where he, people can continue to change the amount of coins that will be issued. It can go up or down. Huh? Uh, 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 but there is good reason why Bitcoin doesn't want that. It's because, well, um, if it becomes a successful big currency, state actors will try to destroy it, uh, uh, co-opt it, uh, 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 issue more coins behind uh, closed doors, like that's what governments do. Huh? Uh, and, and so that's why a very, st and not just governments, it's just like lead developers will do that. People are greedy. Huh? They will try to, to steal from the project via inflation because that's uh, the best way to steal from people is via inflation, not taxation, but inflation because it goes unnoticed. Huh? Uh, Amaury Seychelles also tried that. Uh, and, 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 and so, uh, very likely, uh, people in Ethereum, elite in Ethereum, will also try that. Huh? Uh, and, and, and so, these are risks that you have in Ethereum that you don't have in Bitcoin. Huh? Um, and, and people say that, like, but BCH is not Bitcoin. Um, uh, well, I think we as a community, um, yeah, we, we, we do have to uh, uh, see it like that and sell it like that. Huh? Uh, BCH is Bitcoin, huh? uh, 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 and that's very important uh, to uh, to evangelize huh? and to show to people huh? that that it, and Roger Ver does that very well. Huh? Um, so yeah, um, the, I, that does, it gives me courage to continue to invest also in Bitcoin Cash uh, because um, we do have something to offer, and it's not valued in the market like. If, if Ethereum uh, would be valued double or triple of Bitcoin Cash, I would say like, yeah, okay, that's fairly valued. I mean, Ethereum is the better investment here actually because it's I have many more developers building on top of it. And, and okay, it's not, like it's all about valuation also, of course. But considering a Bitcoin Cash is like 25 times cheaper uh, as Ethereum, I think it's not valued uh, for its qualities currently. And so to lose hope in it and to sell or diversify to other coins like Ethereum right now is, is the wrong move. Um, uh, sentiment is very low, but if you look at fundamentals, um, uh, it looks good. Uh, and it's thanks to the hard work of people like me and you and many others. Uh, uh, but we do the hard work. Huh? Um, uh, that's half of the work, is doing the half work. If you then put some brains to it and do some smart work also, well, uh, you know, you have a future. And, and I really do think Bitcoin Cash has a future. I'd hoped it would have uh, uh, come earlier. But um, uh, yeah, the long term will win if you uh, stay at it. All right, cool. So yeah, maybe then this is just my final uh, segment that I have every time. So I guess you're already sort of... Uh, getting getting onto that 
that theme, but uh, maybe just in, in conclusion then, do you have any kind of, uh, yeah, final, I agree with you definitely that the that's one of the things I like about Bitcoin Cash is that it's the community that chooses the hard road. And it's not that the hard road is always right, but it is that if you're, if you're too willing to take the easy road, in the long term, it, it will not work out, right? Uh, the person who's consistently lifting heavier weights at the gym ends up stronger over time, right? But you need to have that mindset of of driving forward and like we were talked about with, you know, onboarding physical merchants or with fighting against the branding of Bitcoin, who luckily for them got to keep the main branding and we had the underdog branding or being the you know, having the cheapest fees and not taking some quick route on, uh, you know, trying to, you know, uh, make some other way of, of reducing the fees, but actually solid scalable technology, having the most decentralized dev community, which takes the most cooperation and it's the hardest, but in the long run, uh, it pays off. So I, I don't know, for me, at least that's my message for the week is it's for everybody. We're doing the hard work, but uh, you know, it will pay uh, dividends in the long run. And, and I think uh, it's actually going quite well at the moment. So yeah, any, any closing thoughts uh, from you to the, to the community? Yeah, uh, I just uh, agree. Um, like in my relationships, I've, I've never been in a relationship that just goes uh, well from the start, you find a great girl and, and it's heaven and it stays heaven. It's not like that at all. Um, uh, it's actually a big fight to create a quality relationship and most girls will give up. They don't want to, or, uh, not most, but many, uh, yeah, they do give up, but uh, very early in the process, eh? they are not interested. Eh? There are very few people that want to build a real quality life. Uh, and there are very few people that want to fight, uh, uh for something, uh, like, uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency and are willing to go through the pain. Eh? Uh, of uh, taking years of investing your time and money uh, and not seeing results. Uh, it's, it's difficult and it's not for most people uh, uh, at all. Um, but uh, it's true that um, through hard work, yeah, uh, you can, uh, I mean, being becoming rich is very difficult uh, and having a great relationship with your partner is very difficult. Most people don't have that. 90% plus does not have that. Uh, and that's for a reason. Is because, yeah, they don't want to put in all that uh, work and time and energy. And many people also don't have that uh, time and energy. Huh? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think we're, uh, we're still on the right path. Yeah. Absolutely. So stick at it, <laughs> everyone. We're, we're going we're gonna to get there. So that, that does it for the uh, show this week then. Uh, definitely a long episode so hopefully that makes up for uh being you know a bit less frequent in the latest releases um people can donate to the show as usual uh via the qr codes the full slides and resources uh, for people interested in that uh, and a lot of links as well to recommended uh resources as well are at uh, bitcoin cash podcast Dot com. I think you can find uh, Mark. I think I've got some links uh, to your stuff there as well, too. But if not, I should definitely add them by. I'm pretty sure there already is. Um, thank you to all of the donators on the on the previous uh, show. And is there anybody you want to uh, shout out or anything you you know? Where can people uh, find you uh, if they want to hear yeah. more? Yeah, just Mark the Maisel in Google. I have a YouTube channel, but I'm posting more and more also on, on the competitor library, uh, Odyssey. 
Um, but my Twitter channel is very active, but not also going more and more to noise.cash now. Um, but uh, but I just want to say, people, uh, if you haven't checked out Jeremy's first videos, you should. Like I've I've I've, I've what uh, from the start, like I was very impressed because most people that do a, a podcast or a YouTube channel um, uh, about a certain uh, around a certain coin, uh, they do interviews and and and. But with you, like I can really, like, it's unbelievable how 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 grounded you are uh, and how deep you have thought this through before really starting with this. Uh, and, and so his, your first videos are, are, are like hour, two hour long uh, podcasts where you go through all the arguments why you believe Bitcoin Cash uh, will become a success. And, and I got lots of encouragement, encouragement from that also. Uh, and so I can highly recommend it uh, to uh, all your people. Yeah, indeed. I mean, definitely like this uh, podcast, you know, I sort of feel like I wish I'd started it, you know, nine years ago because I just was bashing my head against the wall trying to explain to one person at a time all these ideas. And I don't know, I'm such an idiot. You know, it took me nine years to figure out, wait, you should just record it all once. And I got sick of writing the same arguments to people on Reddit for the hundredth time, you know, in detail, blah, 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 this, that and the other. I thought, okay, and now that I've recorded some of those episodes, I do, I've just been getting so much value out of because somebody has the same thing. I just say, look, here's an hour and a half of me addressing every possible complaint about this topic. And, uh, you know, maybe some people from that convert into long listeners of the show. And definitely I, I do like that as well. Those, uh, I mean, I have a whole list of topics that I would like to go go through and over time, you know, I'm sure I'll be doing more, you know, different interviews in the community or, or, or different things. But I just thought there was a lacking uh, source for, for content that is that in deep detailed, what is this cryptocurrency all about? And how is it going? How is cryptocurrency as a whole, but obviously Bitcoin Cash, especially going to take over the world, like in 15 or 20 or 25 years, if I'm right, and this is all, you know, comes to pass, then people will be able to see there's the historical record. It was all there. It was all explained. Anybody in the world could have listened and figured it out and got involved. So if they didn't, well, that was their own <laughs> choice. But, uh, you know, I'm glad to have the listeners along for the the ride. So, yeah, maybe my shout out for this um, this week is, is to all the listeners, uh, especially if you listened uh, from the early episodes or you can go back and, and listen to them. So the audio quality on some of them is a bit shit, but, uh, you know, you've got you to push through, I suppose. Um, yeah. Um, can I also ask a last question, Jeremy? Yep. So, so you, you, you take an absence then out of crypto because you got quite early and then you came back in and, and, and you decided, yeah, Bitcoin Cash, I'm going for that. So, so what, what, what happened there then, like you were out long and then what did, made you decide to come back in and then go for Bitcoin Cash? Okay, so what, well, what happened was, I mean, uh, like you, you know, I was involved from uh, 2013 up until the fork, you know, 2016, 2017, well, I guess uh, BCH split off in 2017. So I was definitely still involved up until when they had that split. Um, and, but I get, yeah, all that time I was writing and I was posting on uh, slash r slash Bitcoin and I had now all the posts have been deleted. It's crazy because I wish I could go, there's only one or two left, but I wish I could go back. Cause that was like the early versions of this podcast. I, I would do an episode where I went back and, you know, I had a lot of these things outlined and a lot of the predictions I made, I think would actually have come true, you know, like it's very uh, enlightening that, you know, I mean, now even still you argue with people like, Five years ago, I would argue with people and say, oh, Bitcoin's never going to go over $5,000. And I would 
just say, look, that's complete garbage. And now obviously we can see that it has, right? So hindsight could add a lot there, but of course with the moderators and uh, after that whole cycle where they were just censoring everyone and deleting everybody and all that sort of stuff, uh, I became a bit disillusioned with the whole project because I thought, okay, Bitcoin is definitely not it. I sold all my Bitcoins and then uh, I did have some Bitcoin cash but I also did just, I had some personal unfortunate, <laughs> I was traveling and I had uh, my laptop stolen and I didn't have the best backups that I should have had either. So I did lose some, not all of it, but I lost some of my cryptocurrency in that uh, event. And I also, yeah, I just, I hit a bit of a low point in, in my life unrelated to cryptocurrency. And so I thought, look, I just need a change. So I disconnected from all of it. And because the original Bitcoin uh, spirit and vibe that was there, I could see that it had gone. So then uh, from that time, then I, I mean, I was doing, you know, different things in my life, but I was keeping an eye on it. But even once Bitcoin started, it's still big run up. I still thought, no, this is not this is not it. This is not what I was here for, because I, when I went back and I looked again, read on the forums, what are people saying and all this? I was like, no, this is this is uh, the misguided uh, one megabyte bullshit is still there. So I was still paying attention to Bitcoin Cash. And I think for, you know, so I was not involved, but I was watching as the uh, community went through the fork with Bitcoin SV. And so uh, when I came back, I sort of had to look, okay, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV. And I looked into both of them and I was like, no, definitely it's Bitcoin Cash. Uh, so, you know, that process of identifying uh, the true the true Bitcoin, right? So I found that. And then after BCHA forked off as well, once when I saw that, that was basically, I, I'm that was only in November or something, right? And my podcast, I think, started in about January. So I, I got back involved because I saw that and I thought, this is it. And it proved to me that uh, Bitcoin Cash was the real deal, you know, that Bitcoin at every turn, it defies the haters, right? And I've never been a Bitcoin hater ever. Uh, not since I first heard about it, but I did sort of lose some faith in it uh, at the, after all the thing with the one megabyte and all the everything and how it all how poorly it all went for Bitcoin Cash at that time. But having been watching it, then it's still it's four years later, five. It's still here. This is real Bitcoin is still around, and uh, it has just fought off that one megabyte bullshit. Okay, we've had to do it the hard way, but it's worked. We've got rid of them. Craig Wright sort of tried to do his co-op. He got kicked out. Amori, benevolent dictator, he's out. And doesn't matter that every time the community is, is getting more and more focused on people who get the vision. And there's now like Townsville in, in Australia. I looked up, you know, I haven't been home, so I haven't visited it yet. But look, there's people that are actually trading crypto. That was the whole point of what I was trying to tell everyone about in 2013. You know, I had like one sandwich shop that I could buy... Uh, at with bitcoin that i convinced you know like that that well it wasn't me that convinced them but i was you know in there i was bought some sandwiches with them and that that was what i was trying to explain that was the, what i understood was going to take over the world in 2013 2014 and it's been yeah whatever um you know eight or nine years now but it's still there and it's still alive and having that well then that's when i started this podcast because i thought this is it it's I don't, I don't know what could stop Bitcoin Cash. I really don't on a long enough time frame because it's just proven again and again that it can fight off anything the world has to throw at it. The, the protocol, the idea, the community is, is that resilient. So for me, that, that, that's my reasoning, yeah.
Mm, cool, cool. Let me also show uh, Bitcoin Cash in action here. Huh? <laughs> and, uh, let me see. I okay. just uh, scanned your address here, yep. and I will send you one beautiful BCH. Oh, thank you very and, much! Uh, wow. Voila, it's, it's got it. <laughs> Instantly received. I don't have it. It doesn't uh, pop up voila, on the screen voila. on the. Nice, nice. But uh, so thank you so much uh, for the interview, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm very happy I could uh, speak to your audience. Yeah, no. And uh, I'm honored be on your show <laughs> thank you very thank much you. i'll I'll, ha I'll have you on again sooner you know i'm sure we've got a long road ahead of us right so uh the bitcoin cash community will be around uh thanks for listening everyone until next time he pulled out his laptop and rang up the site looked at me and said this will change your whole life then he started explaining the basics to me the miners make money by taking the fee every time a transaction is made incomplete and they work every minute and day of the week a guy named satoshi created this all he's the mastermind of it the brain in the ball there's a lot more to say but before i begin just tell me right now if you're out or you're in